everybody hope everyone's having a great friday afternoon it's game face episode 104 on sifted games i am shane satterfield and i am matt kyle follow our asses on twitter i don't think we've ever asked for that no we just imply it with, <laughs> with the, with the, with the graphic at yeah. the bottom of the screen hope you guys have had a great week it's been another good week in video games we're gonna get to that stuff uh in a minute just some quick housekeeping to go through uh the first thing i want to mention is the patreon the patreon still kind of kind of, I don't know, stalled at this point. It goes up a little bit every day. Uh, we still need more, and to remedy that, tomorrow, beginning around 9 a.m. Pacific, I am going to do a marathon live stream. Uh, the plan is for 24 hours, which... Which has killed lesser men. <laughs> it has, for sure. Uh, the plan is for 24 hours, but look, to be honest with you, if it's 5.45 a.m. and there's nobody in the chat, <laughs> and... There will be. We got a lot of people in Australia. We do. I need your support, though. I mean, look, I'm trying to do a 24-hour stream. If there's nobody in the chat, I'm going to call it. <laughs> and if well, Who will know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, we actually will be archiving this stream mm. on Twitch, so people will be able to rewatch it on Twitch, because I don't think our TriCaster could record for 24 hours without, yeah. without filling up the hard drive. Uh, so, yeah, the plan is for 24 hours. If it's like the dead of night, there's no one in chat, and uh, our Patreon totals aren't going up, there is a chance that I might bail and go to sleep. I'm gonna give So it don't a let him do that. Yeah, exactly. I'll be very happy if the stream is active the entire time and I, and I stay for the 24 hours. So those of you who are in Europe or whatever, uh, you guys can maybe show up and hang out with me late night, which will probably be like the middle of the day for you guys or whatever. Yeah. Uh, but nine, I'm not going to kill my... 9 a.m. Pacific. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to kill myself just for the sake of killing myself, but I am going to make an honest-to-goodness hard run at a 24-hour live stream. Uh, and then in relation to the Patreon, as I mentioned, it's kind of stalled a little bit, but the one thing that I've noticed this week is hardly anyone has left our on-site subscription model. Uh, we've literally lost, like, 50 people off of our on-site subscription wow. model, which is, like, nothing. So... People, that might people make, don't like change. Yeah, apparently. <laughs> or they just are happy just paying the $4 a yeah. month and they don't want to give more or less. Um, and if that's the case, if that many people stick around, then we probably will be willing to lower the threshold on our Patreon uh, to stay in business. So we had an anticipated the bulk of people leaving our on-site subscription model and going over to Patreon. It's been the exact opposite. And I know some of you guys are double dipping, which I appreciate very much. Some of you guys are keeping your $4 on the site, and then you've went over to Patreon and you've pledged more. Thank you so much for that. I really appreciate it. Um, and we probably won't know until after the first, because the other thing you'll see is that on Patreon, people pledge, and then the day before they actually get charged, they bail, mm -hmm. because they don't want to get charged or whatever. So everything will be made more clear on the first when kind of everything turns over. Um, I hope we've been doing a good job for patrons. I mean, honestly, they haven't paid for anything yet, but we've been giving them content this whole time as if they were already paying and already patrons. So I hope that goodwill has kind of convinced people to stick around uh, for next month when they actually have to pay for the content. And then the whole plan goes into action with all the fun stuff with the rewards, which I'm really excited about. So I really hope it can work, guys. We do need your support for the stream, though. Tweet it, share it on Facebook, get the word out there. Uh, I'll probably be given like an hourly update on Twitter saying hour two out of 24. This is what I'm playing now. Uh, 
Do you know what you're going to play? Some of the stuff I know I'm going to play, not everything. I'm going to bring pretty much all three consoles in here, and all my consoles are loaded up with games already. Um, and so I'm kind of torn between like trying to play one game for a really long period of time and like maybe trying to finish it in the stream mm -hmm. or just jumping around and playing each game for a couple hours. Well, but, the stream uh, will tell you what they want. They will, for sure, and that's the, that's the beautiful thing about Twitch. Here's something funny, by the way. So... My wife, who has been my wife the entire time I've been in the, in the gaming industry, <laughs> and watches our show sometimes on Twitch, uh, she started asking me questions last night at dinner about the stream, the 24-hour stream, and she's like, so what is this? And I was like, well, I'm going to stream for 24 hours. It's a big, like, telethon for our Patreon to try to get people to pledge. And she's like, but what are you going to be doing? And I was like, playing games. And she goes, what do you mean? And I was like playing video games she's like what she never realized because she associated twitch with this right a talk show she thought that's what everybody did on twitch mm. she did not know that twitch is built around people watching other people play games and i was like come over to the television <laughs> and i pulled up the twitch app and just started showing her, her mind exploded she was like are you freaking kidding me? People watch you like, why wouldn't they want to play? And I'm like, oh, that's so seven years ago. Yeah. Like, <laughs> we were asking that in 2009. Come I on. know, but I was flabbergasted that she, in all this time, had not That's picked... a Justin TV question. <laughs> that's what I told her. I'm like, well, it used to be called Justin TV. She goes, well, that's not quite as catchy. And I'm like, no, yeah, definitely no. not. So uh, it's funny. She got like a lesson in the whole streaming thing. She still can't understand it. She still cannot understand why someone would want to watch someone else play a video game and i don't think she's alone in that in a lot of cases but uh not in our age bracket no it was pretty funny though i mean we've been doing this for so long and i've told her before i'm coming in like on the weekends to stream a game and i guess she just never connected the dots yeah the only the so. only important thing about that to, to her is like you're not home until x pretty much because yeah. <laughs> i don't think she even hears what i'm saying no and then as i go to walk out the door she's like so when will you be home yeah <laughs> and that's pretty much all that matters aka when should we get dinner or when should we make dinner and that's pretty much it so yeah it was a pretty funny little anecdote to share with you guys there but uh but again thanks everybody for all your generosity you guys have been amazing uh another part of it too that's kind of pushing me towards uh sticking it out for another month is that i have been reaching out to patreon for a month ever since we launched our patreon made a pretty good start i've, I've been trying to reach the right people there to get on-site promotion because that's something that helped Easy Allies a ton. Like, right. as soon as they went up, they were on the front page of Patreon saying, hey, look at these guys, and we haven't got any of that. So I kind of reached out to the inner workings of Patreon. They finally got back to me, like, last week and said they're interested in working with us on something. So, um, yeah, don't look at the 8,000 goal right now. It's like a hard goal. Mm -hmm. There might be some wiggle room there. So. Yeah, Patreons can be a slow burn. If you're not easy allies. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> or you could just get 50 grand in two hours, I yeah, guess. Well. <laughs> Unfortunately, it hasn't worked out for us. So uh, that's the latest on what's going on with the Patreon and with the website. And with that, let's get into the show. First game we're going to talk about, Matt. You thought it would never happen. Yeah, I mean, it's been, what, three or four years now that Cuphead's been in development? Yep. Started out as a basically a boss rush game. Yeah, it was just boss fights, like a little indie indie hey look what we can do kind of thing yeah and then i think and then expectations arrived yeah and then they decided to to beef it up a little bit so I, I played cuphead yesterday for probably about four hours i'm guessing something like that um i mean i guess the one thing i would say there's no surprises it's right. not it's it's exactly what what is advertised it's exactly what you thought it was you get over that dash jump 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, here the first thing I would say is you're going to want to remap the controls. The way that mm. they've mapped the controls in the game make no sense if you've ever played another video game before. Uh, but the good news is you can map them however you want. Every button you can designate to whatever you want to. So I completely swapped it around, and I highly recommend that everybody do the same. Um, the game, I mean, the controls in this game, once you have the button layout the way you want it, are, are amazing. Um, and they have to be. Because the precision required in this game is just ridiculous. It's, uh, it's, like a, it's really kind of like a bullet hell shooter mm -hmm. with jumping. I guess is the best way I can describe it. And I want to talk to the footage a little bit here, because there are some things that now I've played it that I did not know about the game. So you can upgrade your abilities. But a lot of the upgrades come with caveats. So you can get like a more powerful shot, but it doesn't charge up as quickly. Because so there's mm -hmm. like a, there's finishers, so to speak, or specials, I guess is the, is the better word to use. And you go to this pig here, and you can buy them. And you can see at the bottom there, it says 3G, 4G. That's gold pieces. And... There are basically three different types of stages in the game. There are boss fights, there are run and gun, which is your traditional like side-scrolling action adventure with shooting and jumping, and then there are levels that are kind of mixed together. And in the run and gun stages, as you go, you're collecting these gold coins, and believe me, they put those coins in some really nasty places that make you make some hard decisions. But those coins then, you can come to this pig and you can turn them in, and the first thing I would recommend to anybody who's playing this game or planning on playing this game this weekend is buy the homing shot. Because the homing shot, when you get it, it lowers the, the damage output of each bullet, but you don't have to aim your bullets anymore. You can just hold down the fire button and just all you have to worry about is platforming and not dying. Hmm. And so the, the trade-off there of, oh, well, I'm not doing as much damage, but all my bullets are landing, it is well worth it. Um, it is crazy that that is an actual game. Dude, it is gorgeous. I mean, that, and that's the thing. This Look is, at that. Like, you, you would never think that that was actually running, like, in a real-time thing. That's, that's crazy. Oh, they play it to a T, too. Like, there, the, there's um, audio noise on all the audio. Um, all the menus and everything are, are in the same style. The music in the game is incredible. Like, it's all 1930s-style, like, ragtime. I don't even know what you would call them. It's, like, swing music in some regards. Um... It's hard. Mm -hmm. <laughs> if you haven't figured it out by now, I mean, it, it's pretty well documented that it's hard, but it's really freaking hard. Um, the enemies in the game all always follow the same pattern. So it kind of turns into a lot of trial and error in a lot of ways. You kind of memorize each level where each enemy is and when, he, when each enemy comes in. But one thing that kind of mixes it up is you see some of those enemies that are just kind of falling down from the sky. Not that acorn there, but some of the other guys. Like, you can't just camp and, like, kind of look at those guys that you just mm -hmm. saw there. You can't just kind of camp and, like, scope out the level and try to figure out how you want to attack it. Because if you do, those running guys would just spawn in behind you. So they're constantly, like, pushing you forward and making you keep going instead of taking your time trying to figure out how to get through each level. Um, as you saw when we first started showing the footage, there's like an overworld. It's almost like a, a 2D Super Mario game where there's an overworld and there's little like pads or whatever that'll warp you to the different levels. You saw the shop that we showed before. Um, and it, within kind of that overworld, there's all, also kinds of a, kind of a simple puzzles to solve to get into new areas of the overworld and then ultimately access new levels. Um, like there was this one area that was kind of obscured Oof. and I ended up running around it. And I ended up getting an achievement for kind of finding the, oh, hidden, that sucks. the hidden pathway. 
Yeah, so... We were so close. Yeah, so what happens... Is this you playing? It is, yeah. yeah. So what happens is, every time you die, it shows you how how close you were to getting to the end. That's just mean. Sometimes it can be disheartening. <laughs> sometimes it can be encouraging, because you're like, oh, wow, I was so damn close, or whatever. Um, but sometimes it's like, you're right, you get right to the end and you die, and you're like, oh, gosh, that's like a, a heartbreaker. But, um, and then after you finish each level, you get graded... Uh, I've not gotten anything higher than a C, I don't think, on any of the levels. Uh, some of the requirements that you need to get higher ratings are, like, insane. Um, and then you can see, like, in these uh, in the overworld there, there's little characters that you meet up with. Some of them will give you, like, uh, power-ups. Some of them will give you coins. Some of them will give you hints and tips. Uh, you can see there, too, there's two difficulty settings. There's simple and regular. Um, on the regular setting, you basically get hit three times and you're dead. By anything. Um, and it is kind of smart because none of the levels are particularly long. If it, this was a typical uh, side-scrolling platform or a side-scrolling action-adventure, you would think the levels are really short. But in this game, <laughs> it can feel like an eternity sometimes. Um, but you can see what I'm saying. Jumping is, is really intensive in this. And so when you get the, the opportunity to power up and get those homing shots, it makes a massive difference because you can just hold that fire button down and not have to worry about actually aiming your shots. Because there's also a control option where you can, and I have mine set to like left trigger or whatever, where you can basically shoot in 360 degrees without moving. Um, basically Metroid style. Yeah, exactly. Um, and I hardly ever use it because once I got the homing shot, it was kind of unnecessary. But it can be brutal, man, because some of these levels, it's like you make it through like a run and gun section and then you have to fight like a boss. And again, you know, three hits from anything, and it's over, and you have to start over. So, very unforgiving. But one thing I will say is the game is so freaking gorgeous and so weird <laughs> that you want to keep playing because you want to see what's next. I mean, some of the bosses that I've seen, this footage is only like 18 minutes long. Some of the bosses I've seen after these sections of the game are freaking amazing. But the, And then sometimes you only see them for 10 seconds before you die. <laughs> but... Uh, and then when I got this this code, this review code, there was like embargo information that said, um, don't talk about the opening. And the opening is really nothing but like a bunch of stills. There aren't really cutscenes in the game. The story's kind of told through text and stills. Mm. Um, but the, the uh, NDA is lifted, so I can kind of give you a synopsis of the plot. So basically, Cuphead and Mughead are pals. I can't figure out if they're brothers or if they're just friends. And one night they go to a casino, and they're high rolling, they're making tons of money, they're doing really well at the tables, and the devil walks up. Apparently the devil, the devil owns the casino. And he says, you know, I'll give you one roll of the dice to double your money, but if not, I get your souls. And of course they're stupid, and they're like, okay, and then they roll the dice and they lose. And, yeah, it's uh, not a good deal. No, it's really not. And uh, so basically the, they make a deal with the devil, and he says, look, I'll let you keep your souls if... You will go out and collect debts for me from people who owe me money. And so mm. that's kind of the whole setup for the game is that you, the Cuphead and Mughead, are going out trying to find people who are in debt to the devil to, uh, to get his money back for him. So you're the devil's repo man? You are, yes. That's, yeah. uh, that's probably not going to do you too many favors no. either. Actually, really. we're talking about a game later in the show where you kind of play as the same, in the same role. Yeah. But uh, obviously a lot different than this one. So... Man, I don't know, man. I don't know whether I should... Rec One thing I would say is you have to have a lot of patience with this game. If you're not a patient person, you're not the type of person mm -hmm. to play something over and over. I think the game that it reminds me most of is Trials. Mm -hmm. You ever play Trials? Yeah. The, the, the motorbike thing. Yeah, the yeah. motocross thing. 
the middle, middle obstacle, whatever that. Right. I mean, there's an actual word for what that is. Yeah, I mean, it's like I always it's in the X. I always called it like Excite Bike meets Marble Madness. Yeah, yeah. Kind of, it's just and pinball. This game bit. reminds me a lot of that. Okay. Although the stages are longer than they are in Trials, but it's a very kind of similar concept. Yeah, I get what you're after, though. It's, yeah. You gotta be prepared to try it over and over and over and over again. until. And look, I went back and recorded this footage after I had played some of this stuff, and I started a new file and, and started playing mm -hmm. it fresh. Because I didn't... I started playing and it was terrible. It's just like Dean Takahashi. I wasn't as bad as him, but... <laughs> no offense to Dean, but... You know, I wanted to make sure I at least got decent gameplay to show on, on Game Face, but uh, it takes a lot of patience. But mm. the game is also knows that that's a case, and it's designed that way, because when you retry something, the reloads are like lightning fast. Like, it literally takes, like, a second to get before you're trying the, uh, the level again. The loading in of the world is a lot longer than I thought it might be. But uh, but otherwise, it, it makes it very easy to keep trying the stages over and over again. Well, it makes it quick to try them over mm -hmm. and over again. I don't know about easy. But um, I'm having fun with it. I don't know if I'll finish this game, Matt. Like, to me, I think a lot of people might get more enjoyment, and this is rare for me to say this, might get more enjoyment out of this game just watching a Let's mm. Play from someone who's really good. Uh, obviously, there are people out there who relish a challenge and like to play difficult games. You know, the Dark Souls, the Demon Souls, the Bloodborne crowd. Uh, they'll probably eat this game up. But it does take a lot of practice because you're basically having to memorize each encounter that you come into. And with the running gun stuff, it's kind of impossible. Although I played some of them enough times where I actually did end up memorizing them. Um, but you can see, like, it is, it's not for the meek, not for the, uh, for the easily discouraged. And uh, so I think people probably know what kind of players they are and if they're going to be willing to... Uh, and I think, what's that other game? Super Impossible Game or whatever? Uh, you'll have to be more specific. It's a platformer where you literally just play as, like, a cube. Oh. Um... Someone in chat will probably know. It's called Something know. Impossible or whatever. It reminds yeah. me a lot of that, too, where you just have to kind of memorize each stage, know where everything's coming from. Yeah, and well, it, it's like the, all those, I mean, like, it, like I want to be the guy and uh, uh, me Super Meat Boy, to some yeah. degree, like, just stuff where yeah. if you're going to master that stuff, it's, you're going to have to be flawless. Yeah, and that's pretty much how this is. Like, in the initial going, the stuff that you're seeing now, there's a little bit of forgiveness, but it doesn't take long. Like, you know, even the very first stage of this is tough. And I imagine a lot of people will have to retry the first stage several times before they finally get it. Um, it is not forgiving at all. Mm -hmm. Even on the easier difficulty setting, it didn't really seem all that much easier to me. And so I also recommend that you just play it on regular. Uh, because the easier, it seemed like you did not get uh, trophies. Well, not trophies, obviously. It's not on PS4. But you did not get achievements for playing on the easier difficulty. Mm. And uh, the other thing I would say is the achievements in this game are pretty generous. Um, it seemed like they were firing off pretty regularly, and I was kind of surprised at when I got them sometimes. So, On the, the power-ups when you buy, are they permanent or are they like limited use? They're permanent, but you can go in and, and equip whichever ones you want. Mm. So if you go to start a stage, you're like, oh, I don't want to use a homing shot for this one. I want to use something else. You can do that. You can also have... Three of them equipped at once, so there's like three different categories of of, uh, of power-ups that you can have. You can have one equipped from each category at a time. Um, yeah, I mean, like I said, it, the game has kind of turned out to be exactly what I thought it was going to be and what most people think it, thought it was going to be. Um, one thing I will say, definitely a candidate for best graphics of 2017, yeah. without a doubt. Um, 
technically, I have had a couple instances where it seemed to slow down a little bit. Uh, but for the most part, it runs nice and smooth. I don't think it's 60 or anything, but uh, it runs at a good steady 30 most of the time. But the animation in this is just incredible. And the art, I mean, the creatures, it's just, it nails this whole era of, mm -hmm. I don't even know what you call it. Um, Pop culture? <laughs> I, mean, I mean, it's an animation style. It's usually called rubber hose animation mm -hmm. or that kind of thing. It's, you know, the... the um, uh, like the pie eyes and the and the kind of the every everything's kind of sort of bouncing to the music sort of thing. And, yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, it, it, there's huge amounts of you know the black and white Mickey Mouse shorts happening here and that kind of thing. I mean, uh, it really silly, is silly symphonies and that kind of thing. Yeah, I mean, they're kind of ripping off old Mickey Mouse cartoons. But yeah. Obviously, but, uh, far Disney more. ain't using them. So. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> uh, and the funny, I mean, I j actually kind of hate this like animation here. I I, I don't like looking at it usually but like this is such a technical achievement and it's so great it's such a weird thing to go retro on is, that i yeah. like i really appreciate it in this in this game like i'm not a huge fan of kind of the ridiculous slapstick sort of you know po slightly post silent era animation style but they nail it so hard on this that it's it's kind of irresistible and you can see there like you finish the stage and then the bridge appears to let you mm -hmm. reach new areas of the overworld and ultimately it unlocks your first souls contract where you need to go get the 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 debtors um, and get them to pay up to the devil so it's a punishing game but it's also rewarding i mean it seems like it's also one of those kind of older games that builds up and it, it gets better and looks better the more you play it and i think that's great uh, motivation to kind of keep going mm -hmm. it's interesting how like the the art style like really helps you get there yeah like like if it didn't look like this, you probably wouldn't have the patience you do yeah. with it. There's, oh, I should have also mentioned, too, there's parries in the game, and that's what you're seeing right now. So anything that's pink, you can essentially do a double jump off of, I guess is the best way to describe it. Um, there's also a dash in the game, and you need to master that, because unless you're using these pink objects for parrying, there isn't a double jump. Um, and there's lots of long gaps you have to get over, so you have to jump and then dash in midair to get over kind of the, the bigger crevasses and... Uh, the empty areas that you need mm -hmm. to get across. Um, the gameplay, I know maybe I'm making it sound more complicated than it is. The controls are very simple, and they're very easy to come to grips with, and they're very tight. Uh, the one complaint I would have about the gameplay is that I've been playing it um, on Xbox, on my Xbox One controller, and there are lots of times in the game where you have to shoot up or you have to shoot down, and enemies will be above you or below you. And I've had a lot of problems with lining up shots with enemies that are narrow, if that makes any sense. Mm -hmm. um, like, you tap, the, tap it to the right once, and you're too far to the right, and you shoot up, and you miss it. You tap it back to the left, and you're too far to the left of the enemy, and you shoot up, and you miss it. Um, I don't know why that is. It seems like maybe there's just not enough sensitivity, or each step that Cuphead takes maybe is a little bit too far to be mm -hmm. able to line up shots or, and whatnot. But otherwise, the gameplay is pretty much sublime. Yeah, I, mean, I have it. I mean, it went live this morning, but I didn't have time to play it. Uh, I got it on PC uh, through Green Man Gaming, and um, like I'm probably gonna I'm gonna try plugging in my uh, one of my fight sticks. That, I think to, that would to, be a great to, idea. To kind of play it as like an arcade game kind yeah. of thing. Uh, it just seems like it might benefit from that. Yeah. And see, there you can see you're equipping your abilities mm -hmm. there. So, I guess what I would say is if you were gonna buy this game already and just based upon what you saw at trade shows or maybe you were at a trade show and you got to play it or based upon previews that you may have read you should buy it because it's it is what you thought it was going to be there's no surprises here at all 
Uh, fence sitters, if you if you don't have the fortitude to try something over and over and over again until you get it just right, this game might frustrate the living crap out of you, to be honest with you. It is $20, so it's not like it's just a throwaway charge. It's not. I feel like if you... Uh... Like if you if this art style like speaks to you like you're already in yeah like, you're probably right yeah like if it, it doesn't you're probably out right and it's like <laughs> uh, it's I mean it's just got so much an old school I mean you you look at some of these boss battles and you can see the games they come from oh yeah you know, for and, sure yeah and you know that it is possible you know of course it's possible like if you want to you know commit to it like you can, you'll get there if you try it enough it's just do we have the patience to do that anymore. Uh, I I did when I was younger. I was I, well. I these was, were the games that we played when we were oh, yeah. younger. This is all it was. This would have been. I would have played this for for weeks when I was like in middle school. Yeah, yeah. And I still might. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Again, because the art is just so good, you just want to see what's around the next corner. And, and another thing I would say too is that the enemies are all different, so it doesn't feel like you kind of learn one pattern and you just can rinse and repeat it to get through the game. Uh, you can tell it was a boss rush game, I guess is, is the mm -hmm. best way to put it. Like, there's boss fights littered throughout the entire game. And, and kind of thinking about it, I'm not so sure it wouldn't have just been better if it were just a boss rush game. Yeah, well, the, like, I mean, it's nice that they put, like, the run and, the run and jump stuff and all that in there. But, like, these kinds of games really always shined in the boss battles to begin with. So, yeah. like, it makes sense that you'd... When you start out on this game, that would be your your concept. I yeah, think. Um, it's cool that they expanded it and made it more than that. But like, I think the boss battles are what people generally remember from this kind of game, like the Contra kind of thing. Uh, certainly, like thinking about Contra Three this week because of the Super Nintendo Classic. Like, yeah, you think about yeah, all the boss fights in that were crazy. Like, like that was you know on all those old uh, treasure games uh, had like those you know crazy like epic boss fights and like you know. But I think there is something to be said for kind of the ebb and flow and the and the pacing that like having like the rest of the levels before you get to the boss like gives you yeah yeah like for it, sure it gives you kind of that that breathing room. The other thing I would say that I kind of wish it had is a uh, health meter for the bosses. There isn't mm. one. Uh, they do give you plenty of clues though, because like you could see there that tombstone started cracking more right. and more as he got closer to death. But it would be nice to have that meter there just to know that, oh man, I just need to land one last hit. And in all honesty, I think it helps build tension a little bit while you're playing games. If you have that meter there telling you, oh my gosh, I need one more hit. Like as soon as you see that, you start get, getting that energy like welling up inside you. And I kind of miss that a little bit, particularly because this game is really, it kind of still is a boss rush game in a lot of ways. Mm -hmm. So um, I'm enjoying it. I'm going to keep playing it. I haven't given up or anything. Um, I might play it on the stream tomorrow for a while. Uh, maybe early in the stream and not later yeah. when I'm dead tired. <laughs> or maybe play it like it's the last thing when I'm just holding on by a thread <laughs> just to see me completely lose it and break down. Uh, but 20 bucks, Xbox One, PC. Uh, you think this one will ever come to other platforms? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Eventually. I wonder what kind of deal Microsoft has worked out for that. It seemed like it kind of funded its expansion, though. I don't know. I, I don't think it's published by them. So if yeah. they're, they're not a publisher, I don't. You know, it's like the Sony thing. Sony assisted in No Man's Sky a lot, but that's not going to prevent No Man's Sky from coming to other platforms. Yeah. If other platforms would want it, I don't know. Do you think though? I mean, we haven't heard anything about it coming to Xbox. Sony has nothing to say about it. Yeah. So, I mean, that's probably Microsoft's deal if they want that or not. But you know, after all that nonsense, maybe they don't. But I would. I would not imagine. 
Sony would pass up on Cuphead if they got a chance at it. We'll see in like six months, probably. Yeah, shouldn't take much longer. So, I give Cuphead a thumbs up. I'll say that. And you know, I'm not the guy who loves Dark Souls and Demon Souls <laughs> and Bloodborne, uh, but this does kind of appeal a little bit to my nostalgic Shane. Uh, the part that remembers me, like you said, being a kid mm-hmm. playing Super Nintendo, NES, and stuff like that. Yeah, and so. sometimes you get those games where you're just like, wow, we just didn't know any better. Yeah. And then sometimes <laughs> you get games where it's like, nah, that was, was pretty good. Yeah. Pretty I mean, good I would say that this game, other than maybe games like Ghouls and Ghosts or whatever, is harder than those games. Mm-hmm. It's not... I know we like to say all games were way harder back in the day, and they were. Well, sometimes, but like, they weren't this hard. Well, sometimes they were hard, or they were harder than that, but they were hard because they didn't work right. Right. Whereas yeah, they were this, broken or busted. You know, this is intentionally designed. Yep. Challenge. And you'll have no excuses for dying in this game. I mean, that's one thing I'd say. You, you get pissed off. You're like, because sometimes you're like in the heat of something, and some enemy just comes swooping from the sky, stops right above you, and just drops something on you, and you're like, oh, screw you, man. It's <laughs> like. You definitely talk to the television a little bit while you're playing this game, but the controls are great, man. And, like, the jumping and uh, getting the timing down of jumping over obstacles. And eventually you get to parts of the game where you're in, like, a plane and you're in the sky and it's a little bit more like a more traditional, like, side-scrolling shooter. Um, I think if, as long as you're willing to accept at least a little bit of challenge, you're going to really like this. And obviously the, the presentation is, is impeccable and amazing. So. Mm-hmm. so there you go. I'll be interested to hear your impressions of it next week. Provided we're here next week. Right. <laughs> this could actually, it is kind of odd to think this could be our last yeah. game face, which would really be sad, but that's life. All right, let's move on. We're going to talk next about a story that just popped up this morning. Uh, so the first thing I just want to say off the top is, like, I hate Nintendo. Like, <laughs> every, you know, now that we're putting our content like Game Face up on YouTube, mm-hmm. Um, and Game Face is a really long show, and like with longer content on YouTube, you can either go in and manually insert commercial breaks, or you can just click a button and it'll choose the best places to put them or whatever. But basically, you can serve multiple ads on one video. And we've already seen our revenue, like, we're making more revenue off of YouTube because we're able to serve more ads. The problem is, is that if we ever have Nintendo in anything, we, and we have Nintendo in a lot of things. And we have things. Nintendo in everything. We can't make any money. You can't. They just, even if it's one five-second clip in a three-hour episode of Game Face, we get nothing. And that is just bull crap, dude. That is yep. bull crap. So, and it's the same for everybody. It's not just us. Everybody is dealing with this. Nintendo is so stupid with the way it deals with YouTube and its community. Um, and the only way to get around this is to become a Nintendo partner. And if you become a Nintendo partner on YouTube, then you can get most typically 60% of the ad revenue. And in in some cases, you can get up to 70% of the ad revenue. Um, But the problem is, once you join that partnership program with Nintendo, suddenly they're your boss. And they have reign over what you do and what you do or do not publish on your channel. And so... Essentially, Nintendo today updated the policies for partners on YouTube, and it has decided that anyone who is a partner with Nintendo on YouTube cannot live stream any of Nintendo's games on YouTube. (laughs) At all. So Nintendo backwards with online things? Never. 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 I never would have guessed it. Do you think this is a response to, like, the PewDiePie stuff? It's possible. 
maybe Nintendo saw what happened there and is trying to get out ahead of it. Mm-hmm. Because Nintendo probably views partners as kind of affiliates. Right. And I mean, if clearly, I mean they've never been that friendly to YouTubers, but like this seems like a step beyond. It's insane, dude. I mean, I can't even fathom why Nintendo, other than what you're saying, it's like trying to cover its butt for mm-hmm. potential future issues. Well, the other thing is, like, the Japanese companies don't seem to maybe quite get how it works or why it works or why it's valuable. Like, you've seen, you're kind of seeing similar things with Atlas, Atlas this with week. Persona, and then Danganronpa. Like, I mean, the it had kind of yeah. some same some similar restrictions. Like Atlas with the you know with their comments about Persona Five on that. I guess there's some. Uh, emulator on PC, people yep. are playing it with. And that was even, another story this week. Even yeah. with like the actual disc, like you can play it legit. But yeah. like Atlas, and and the the statement from Atlas USA could not be more transparently like Atlas Japan made us do this. Yeah, we're just trying to get through it, kind of yeah. thing. You know, like <laughs> same with you know it was the same thing like with Persona Five where you couldn't stream anything. Yeah, and they finally relented on that. But it's like it really feels like there's a couple of old school Japanese companies that just don't seem to understand the streaming and YouTube culture quite well, yet. The crazy thing about it too is that Nintendo in its own documentation says that if you want to stream if you want to start another YouTube channel and stream <laughs> our games there, that's okay. Which it's not. I mean you can stream You'll but never get you any can't serve any it, ads because yeah. they're gonna come in and they're gonna give you a copyright strike and you're not gonna be able to make any money off of it. I why does Nintendo do this, Matt? I can't understand it. Why they can. Like all publishers could do it. They just don't. Right. Like, but why does Nintendo do it though? I guess because what do they got to lose? Uh, fans. Who cares? Marketing for cares? its games. They can't keep their system in stock. Right now, sure. But it, yeah, it, but they're riding high. Like, right. They're, but doing, they're doing the Nintendo thing. All of a sudden, they start being <laughs> successful. And it's like, we don't need you fuckers. It's like, you know, it's the same thing they did during the Wii. Nintendo they, should know better than anyone. Everyone should know better. But Microsoft did the same You're thing. Right. Sony, Sony did the did same, the same thing. thing. Now Sony with cross-platform it's play. The, it's, the, it's the game console success hubris. Yeah. It comes back every time. I mean, seriously. I mean, we're showing uh, Super Mario Odyssey right now. So we'll never be able to monetize this uh this episode right. either my only my only <laughs> no, guess, i'm not telling you to take it off sam it's like what are you gonna do my like, only guess is like not cover nintendo's I guess products we'll, i guess we'll see like when nintendo finally gets their online for the switch together in january or whatever like maybe they'll have some kind of solution for that that I goes mean, through their system but like i don't know like probably not i mean here's the other be part lucky of it. we can just connect here's the other part of it they are hiring an army of people to go out and look for footage on youtube like, we will run gameplay mm-hmm. of Nintendo's games in a show, and they will find it. Right. Well, you remember back in the day when we were doing, like, X-Play and stuff, like, we we knew, like, that they, they flat out admitted, like, they had people, they had people, I don't know if they still do, but they had people up in Seattle or Bellevue or wherever they are, where, like, their job was to sit there and watch every single piece of media that mentioned Nintendo. Yeah. Anything. Like, our show mainstream local news reports like anything that mentioned nintendo they would watch it they would decide if it was appropriate use of their brand and if it wasn't they'd go after them and like and they got they got super worked overtime when the wii became like that mainstream because they watched every single news report yeah every single little report from every little nothing you know nothing station and every like local play like they keep like incredibly crazy close eyes on how their brand is being talked about in media. Well, when we first launched Pack Attack on game trailers, this Pikachu that's mm. back here in the background? Yeah, it's it? up there. Yeah, up there. 
That was, and it, I had my own, but that very same plushie his, was his in, on the set behind him, and Nintendo contacted us and said, you have to take that out of your set. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Hi, Nintendo. Yeah. Hey. I know you're, I know you're watching. <laughs> yeah. I, know, I know you have to do it. I, know I mean, they probably, here's what happens is they scrub. They right. load it up, and they just... They're not. They don't hear what we say. They just watch the for stuff. those little clips of video mm-hmm. from their games, and they levy the copyright claim, and that's that. So it's a very hands-on way of being a dick. I. It's like the. <laughs> it makes no sense. It's like, are you making enough money off of? Because I don't think they actually do serve ads. So when we get a copyright strike, it, we just turn off monetization. It's not like they're making money off of our content. Mm-hmm. They're not making any off of it. We're not making any, and they're not making any. But so does that rationalize them having to hire all these people to go out and be like the YouTube cops? Like I don't, they've done it forever, so it's not like it's a, a new program yeah. for them. I mean, they want as complete control as you can imagine over their brand, and this is part of doing that. And they find that to be a worthwhile expenditure, apparently. Yeah, I. Uh... I mean, they don't want to play ball in this new brave new. You know, online content world, and you know, legally, that's their choice. If that's what they, you know, it is. If it is, I mean, I'm not arguing that what they're doing is illegal. or no, but if it doesn't, you know, everyone's like, oh, it's wrong. It's like, well, it's not. It's it's what they've chosen to do. And if it's, you know, this is kind of ties into my old argument about like it's not censorship because no one's arresting you for doing something. But like, this is just an editorial or a choice, a content use choice that a company is making, and they can make that choice. We don't have to be happy about it, but like. You know, here, it, but is it going to hurt them? I can't imagine it is. Is anyone not going to buy Super Mario Galaxy, or Super Mario Odyssey over this? Well, of course not. It, oh, I think it could. I mean, that's the rub to me. Is that is Nintendo doing the plus minus analysis of this and saying? Because look, there are times where I'm starting, I'm planning content, and I start thinking about what games will be in it, what we're going to cover, what we're going to do, and. I'll stray away from Nintendo stuff, mm-hmm. especially now that we're putting our stuff on YouTube and we're actually starting to generate some revenue from YouTube. Like, if I'm, let's say, I'm going to do a new episode of Bad Dudes, like a boss fight or whatever, and I didn't care before because, you know, we were a subscription-based site. But now I think about, okay, well, I have these three games sitting in front of me. Which one do I want to do? And if I look at it and I'm like, well, editorially, as far as interest, all three are on an even keel. Mm-hmm. Which game am I going to choose, Matt? The one I'm you can make choose, money from. Right. I'm going to choose the one that is not the Nintendo game. And, and that is where... Nintendo will cry themselves to sleep on their pillows full of huge money. No, I get like, that. They don't care. Like, no, they I, might I get care. that. I definitely get that. They might care next year when they're not selling as well. But but that's what my point is. Is like, Have they done a cost-benefit analysis of doing this? And is it even possible for them to know whether they're coming out on the good side of this. I feel like they do a cost-benefit analysis of everything Reggie eats for lunch over there. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, Nintendo's a very calculated company. Like, yeah. I don't think they come to these decisions lightly. They may not innovate in terms of, like, catching up with the rest of the world in terms of online on their systems or whatever, but part of that, I think, is because they've determined that it's not monetarily useful for them to really keep the cutting edge. The same reason they don't have cutting-edge hardware anymore. is like yeah. it, doesn't, it doesn't earn them anything, you know, that they couldn't get just as much or maybe a little more using the portable aspect of the Switch as opposed to the Switch being a powerhouse that's competing on the same level as the other systems. Like, I, th- I think they, you know, know the math of what they're doing and they're choosing to do it whether we like it or not. And uh, while as, as nice as it would be to have Nintendo on board with kind of the new way video game content is delivered to another a new generation, 
I mean, we're only just getting to the point that they're going to give us an online service that kind of matches up to what we've had on the other consoles for 10 years or more. Well, I mean, it's taken so, a step back itself. In some ways, yeah. I mean, the Switch's online is worse than, the, than online for the Wii U. True. I True. mean, it is... Gone back on its own policy. I mean, once the switch is, services. but once the switch is online is in place, it might be a better service. We don't know yet. We just it's it's in it's in the ether somewhere. Yeah. But um, you know, so the idea that they're gonna you know it might take them another ten years to come around to what Twitch is supposed to be. You know, yeah. Uh, and by then we'll have moved on to some kind of holographic thing or something. You know, like it, it's it's just how Nintendo seems to roll, and it doesn't put them out of business. So if that's how they prefer to control their brand, which remember. Is one of the biggest brands in the on the, on the planet. Well, like, this brand in particular, Mario. Right. I mean, Mario uh, at various times. I don't know about these days, but certainly in the early '90s uh, and the early 2000s, Mario was more recognizable internationally than Ronald McDonald or Mickey Mouse. No, I know. I mean, he. I mean, he is. He's one. He's, he's Santa Claus level, but, at, at basically. Okay. So to your your point about how how could it hurt them? Well. Not every game is Mario. Not every game is Breath of the Wild. Not every game is Smash Brothers. Nintendo eventually is going to have projects and games that need help from influencers, from the press, from whoever. They're going to have a new concept, a new IP, that they need mm -hmm. those people to get out to other people and become evangelists right. for. And I think the idea is that when they need those people, they'll be partners and Nintendo can control them. Yeah. That's what they want. They want to be able to have some kind of modicum of dictating content control over the people that are seen as influencers. That's why they have this partner program up. They're hoping that by the time Metroid Prime 4 desperately needs people to spread the word, That's because, a Mar example because Mario Odyssey doesn't about. need it, yeah. but Metroid Prime 4 is going to need it, because as much as I love Metroid, Metroid may be my favorite Nintendo franchise, but it sells like 700,000 copies unless it's like a Metroid Prime breakout game. Um, they're going to need... You know, some help, and but when the, I think they're starting this now, so when the time comes two years down the road for Prime Four, they've got a stable of people that they can say, "Don't do this, don't do this, do that, don't do that," because they are very controlling about that kind of thing. Yeah, I think maybe the overarching sort of theme in all this, and this isn't just Nintendo, it's Microsoft mm -hmm. and Sony, is these companies don't give us what about you? Oh no, they're not they your friend. Nintendo is not your friend. Never it's has like, been. It's like I, the new episode of Pactor Factor. Like, you know, Pac doesn't know whether it's his last episode or not. And uh, so at the end, like, after the, the out rolls, we have, like, an extended thing where Pac kind of thanks everybody who supported him all this time. But then he kind of goes on a little bit of a tirade about fanboys and why, are you, why do you worship this company that produces hunks of electronics that are plastic and transistors and that's what I just can't understand. I can't understand why people get on these teams where the coach doesn't give a crap about them. Mm. Like, it just doesn't make any sense. I totally understand if you really love Nintendo's games or Sony's games or Microsoft. I totally get it. But when you become, like, this rabid, like, dog that's like, durr, durr, like, anytime someone says something bad about your favorite console, like, Gee. like, I don't get it, man. I never really have. I've never been that way. Yeah. I but I mean, I was a diehard Sega fan back in the day. But part of the part of being a Sega fan is acknowledging that you're a fan of a very flawed company. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and like everyone, you know, there were there were people that were running around for trying to trying to claim on Usenet or whatever that like you know, uh, you know, the Saturn was really the best 32-bit system. It was going to be as and like you know, there were those of us who those of us who who knew it was like 
no. Yeah. Come on. Like it doesn't. Look, look, we played Tomb Raider on the on the PlayStation One <laughs> and, on, and on the Saturn, and the Saturn is almost a Rorschach test in yeah. comparison. <laughs> you know, it's like, and we're talking yeah. about that era. I mean, like, yeah. and it's just you know, it's it feels like. You know, there there's a point at which you have to be honest about what your company is, what your fav, favored company is doing, and while Nintendo has been knocking it out of the park in terms of like actual content in the last year or so, um, they're they're not very friendly. They're really not. <laughs> so um, it yeah, that's the thing you got to I guess come to terms with. I mean, I don't expect them to be like this. Doesn't really change my opinion of Nintendo. It's just like I see I see this story and I'm just kind of like, yep. That that fits. Yeah. Uh, I I acknowledge that that is a thing Nintendo has done, and people are not going to be happy about it. But uh, no, everyone should no one should be surprised. Yeah, really. Well, the very similar theme of greed and YouTube. Uh, YouTube yesterday announced brand new policies, and now this is actually pertinent to us because we're on Patreon. Essentially, you cannot push to a Patreon unless you are making money for YouTube now. Mm. So unless you've become I can't remember what the YouTube's term is. It's essentially a partner. Like right. you have to have served ten thousand video views before you can start generating revenue on mm-hmm. YouTube. And they do that because what happens is people record live TV. They put up the monologue from some late night talk show. They serve two hundred thousand views on it, and then the channel gets yeah. shut down. But those people are able to escape with the money if they don't have this kind of ten thousand mm-hmm. limited. I was actually, which just, I totally get. Yeah, I was actually just looking. I I had a nostalgia attack, and I watched. Uh, it was that that montage from like eleven years ago of. Uh, all the David Caruso one-liners from CSI Miami. <laughs> I've seen that, that before. The, yeah, that started I've the sunglasses. Yeah. Like, I think we we originally watched that at G4. I think you're right, right. Yeah. And it's still up there. Yeah. And it's and the guy has redone it in HD. It's the same post from like 2006, but it's it's HD yeah. now. And he's got like seven million views or something. Yeah. On it. And I'm just like, I wonder if he made a ton of money. Is off he that. serving ads on it? I didn't see any ads. See, sometimes those people just don't put ads against that stuff. But yeah, sometimes they use an ad blocker though. Yeah. So I don't know. Yeah, that's true. Um, it's uh, it's an interesting conundrum to have, and I wonder what YouTube's kind of end game on that is. But at the same time, everybody needs a piece of the. But there was another thing with uh, what was that uh, the Echo no longer supporting uh, some like YouTube stuff today. Yeah, uh, I didn't get to dig into that story, but it's just like everybody's start, sort of starting to put the fences up. They are around their monetization plans because that's what's going on here. So YouTube said that you can still put your Patreon link in the description of your video. Mm-hmm. You just can't have it as a part of the end slate that people can click on. Right. Unless you're monetizing, you're so making what, money for YouTube. Because yeah. essentially, YouTube's saying, "Don't you go generating money for Patreon." If you don't use or us, letting your babies grow up to be cowboys. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> don't generate revenue for Patreon if you're not generating revenue, revenue for, for us. us. That's right. essentially what YouTube is saying. Yeah, I mean, that's I, that's a very reasonable business decision. Yeah, um, I don't, I, I doubt because here's the thing. I think what you're seeing with stuff like that, um, not the Nintendo thing, but more like what, what YouTube's doing here, what what uh, Amazon is doing uh, in terms of Google and YouTube, and YouTube working on the Echo. I think what you're seeing is you're kind of seeing the Wild West closing down. Yeah. Like the, the Wild West of the, of of the internet. internet video is starting to kind of, you know, you're, you're kind of hitting the time period that Red Dead Redemption takes place in. The, the Wild <laughs> West is winding down. Relatively speaking, yeah. Civilization's moving in. Right. You know, every, you know, business as usual is starting to kind of take over the idea. You know, we're starting to see, you know, look at Facebook's, uh, you know, plan about like, you know, stuff you can only watch on Facebook 
and they go up at a certain time, and you can go watch them at that time. I'm like, that's TV. Yeah, that's not. That doesn't <laughs> like, work anymore. <laughs> like you, you've gone around, you've gone completely around the bend to the point that I remember we used to, we used to joke uh, when DVR was becoming big in the in the mid to late 2000s. At G4, we used to joke that like uh, one day the big disruptive move in like 15, 10, 15 years will be someone establishes a video service where everything runs at a certain time, and if you want to see it, you have to be there to see it. <laughs> and, like, everyone is too young to remember, like, appointment viewing television right, on right. network, t- on broadcast TV. Gonna think it's it's going to think it's super cool. <laughs> like, I have to work my schedule around it. That's crazy. And you it's know like, what it does? It makes everybody watch it at once so everyone can react together. Yeah. And, then, <laughs> and then tomorrow we all talk about the same thing and no one freaks out about spoilers. <laughs> oh, and the world was saved. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, like... But no, you're absolutely right, because what's happening... Any of you guys out there with a startup, just take that and run with it right now, because <laughs> yeah. I guarantee you, four years, it'll be ready to go. Free of charge. Yeah. <laughs> you're right. I mean, it might. Uh, it's like bell-bottoms. Like, they, right. somehow they keep coming back around, even though no one ever liked them the first time. <laughs> I, don't get, <laughs> I don't get it. But, yep. but you're right. Like, everything... You're, we are seeing the end of the Wild West of... Mm. online video like and everyone's everyone's you know for people are freaking out about it yeah like, well, because like these companies were all about like establishing the brand getting the tech to work you know getting to be part of people's lives becoming part of the landscape changing the world quote unquote but now they're talking about like well now we got to be a business and survive forever they just want to make money they want to make their money yeah. and like they're past, and this is how you have to do that they're past that prove it stage right and the whole idealism of creating a new product that's all gone now it's just how do we keep this thing afloat? Because, look, YouTube has never turned a profit. Mm-hmm. It loses tons and tons of money yeah. every year. And Google can absorb that because it's Google, but Google right. can't do it forever. Right. And eventually Google will cut its losses if it has to yeah. or spin it off or sell it or, or something like that. So. And the alternative is YouTube goes away. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we're starting... Which would change the internet landscape in a way that I don't think we can really fathom. Even fathom. You're right. And, uh, I, I, well, someone else will just pop up. Right, and then they'll fail. And then they'll fail. But that's what happens. Money just chases money. Like, it's like a dog chasing its tail. But we're seeing this in a number of different ways. Like, all the PewDiePie stuff with sponsors saying, oh, we don't want to be around their stuff. And then YouTube having to change its policies with how it sort of distributes ads out to a lot of gaming channels. Um, Like, there's all these weird things going on behind the scenes with YouTube now where... YouTube doesn't even know what it's doing. Mm-hmm. Like, you, YouTube is like, hey, well, I think YouTubers are asking them, well, how does this work? How does my channel get designated as a channel that has, may or may not have dangerous content on it that advertisers can say, we don't mm-hmm. want to advertise there? And YouTube doesn't even really have a good answer for it. Like, well, there's a lot of, like, holes in this. Like, I, I know someone who does, he does videos, but they're like, you know, he's a very small... Uh, he's just a guy and his friends or some people, you know, people he knows in the industry watch or whatever. But he got hit with a whole bunch of monetization freezes uh, on his his stuff for for whatever. I think I think probably DMC, uh, uh, DCMA, DCMA uh, or something. I, he wasn't clear, but basically that happened this morning, and he tried to get them unflagged or whatever. And YouTube told basically said, uh, we don't even look at videos to unflag them until they get a thousand views. Yeah. And so when you become a real, when you get become a success, call us and we'll undo your videos. And it's just like, wow. I mean, like but, you're going to flag them, but they're not even popular enough to be worth looking at beyond that. It's, but again, from, from a business perspective, when you think about the amount of content that YouTube is trying to wrangle 
Oh yeah. I mean, it makes sense. But it's when like, you, but when you think about it, also it's no harm, no foul for anyone because for a thousand views, people, that's like a dollar. Right. Like, but it's also like this guy can't deal with his videos now. Right. You know? And like, he, it's like there are a lot more people who don't get a thousand views on their videos than there are who do. Yeah. And if you and it's it's did they make him take the videos down? I don't think they're viewable right now. Oh wow. Okay. I thought you were just saying that they couldn't he couldn't monetize them or whatever. No, it's something else. It's it was he was upset that a bunch of his videos were unviewable. Yeah. Um, and he doesn't know how to make them viewable again until getting a thousand views on them. And, and how like, can you get a thousand views? I guess views you're basically can't yeah. watch them. Like, I guess re-upload and see yeah. what happens. I don't yeah. Know. Mix out some audio here and there. I guess it depends on what he got the uh, notice yeah, for. Know. But uh, but you're right. We're seeing online nonlinear video kind of move towards the traditional media model, mm-hmm. where you have to follow the law. In all honesty. I mean, it has been this kind of crazy Wild West all this time with YouTube. And, you know, the, the lawsuit with Viacom instituted a lot of big changes. It killed us at GT. And Viacom spent tens of millions of dollars on lawyers for that lawsuit. But ultimately, it did kind of start nudging YouTube in the right direction as far as protecting people's content. It, it was then hiring more people to work with that. Whereas before, YouTube was like, not our problem. So at least Viacom, the money that Viacom spent, kind of started nudging YouTube. And I don't even know if you want to... A lot of people would say the wrong direction. Because yeah. a lot of people don't really care about the law. They just want to be able to watch content for free. Mm-hmm. And that's the sad truth of it. So Or the, you know, then there's the kind of nebulous argument over transformative work. And right. Like, uh, probably in our, in our wheelhouse, probably the most sensitive thing recently was... Um, the uh, everyone remembers that the video from right after Batman vs Superman is the it's the interview with Ben Affleck and Henry yeah, Cavill yeah. and yeah. It's, uh, as Cavill starts talking it just pushes in on Affleck and right. plays you know Hello Darkness <laughs> yeah. old, uh, Sound of Silence yeah. and the guy who made that is a NeoGaf poster uh-huh. and he put it up and it, it went crazy and went viral and freaked out and he got hit with a, a DCMA for using the song. Well. And so now you can't even see the original video anymore. Well, I think that had a lot to do with Ben Affleck, right? Because he was personally angry about that whole thing. Maybe. I, I mean, thought I saw red stories where he commented on that exact, exact video. He com- he did comment. Was, um, they asked him, like, what did you learn from doing Batman vs. He's like, well, I learned not to sit there and be quiet while Henry Cav- <laughs> Hank Cavill's talking so you can slap a, a you know, slap the... Simon and Garfunkel song on me, and it's like, <laughs> I mean, I don't think he called caused the takedown, but yeah. like, uh, it, that became like a kind of a, a, well, a look, an if, internet touchstone. And if uh, you're the movie studio, though, but you can't and, even see it anymore. Right. It's like that's the funny thing. Like, there's people who like did like you know weird, you know, they, they squash it and stuff and put it up, flip and it, flip it around and yeah. do things like that to to fool the the automatic troll trawler like programs. But I think I just think it's amazing. It's like. Everyone on the internet who follows that kind of stuff knows that video, but you can't, can't see it, it anymore. Yeah, and it's 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 and a weird me, it's a weird loss. That in a, to in me a is messed up. Mm-hmm. It's like as long as it's not offensive or slant, it's not slanderous. Yeah. I mean, I don't think it's offensive. and you're not trying to serve ads. It's against not offensive it. to anyone except maybe Ben Affleck. Yeah, because I don't know if he was really thinking that. No, <laughs> <laughs> he might have just been tired. It could be junkets are hard <laughs> and grueling. Uh, yeah, so YouTube's growing up. I mean, that's really yeah. what it comes down to. And unfortunately, I think a lot of the younger audience that uses YouTube thinks YouTube was built on them. And truth be told, it was. It I was, mean, yeah. you know, our parents didn't start going to YouTube until like five years ago. And we were using it a ton before then. So I, I feel and then, like... And then, like, think about, like, uh, I was thinking about, um, 
well, the, like the, when we first got to tech TV and stuff, and how like the, the hot me video meme when when I got to tech TV was all your base. Yeah. And to see that, you had to basically load up flash sites or like you had to share like little videos inside <laughs> of a poster stand. Like, you, like can you? I like, imagine like we lived with the internet for like. 15 years with no real video server no. like, solution. Like, there was no way to do that. And yeah. That's why GT blew up, because we had YouTube yeah. movies before YouTube existed. Yeah. People were like, what? I can upload Quality video? video. Yeah. <laughs> and I can upload my own stuff and put it up there. Yeah. And then YouTube came in with all that money and just destroyed us. So, yeah. It's, uh... I don't think there's any turning this, any turning this back. No. It's... Unless another service pops up that's willing to eat billions of dollars in losses a yeah. year... I mean, yeah, it's it's it is what video is on the internet. Like, there's no way around it. Like, you can't. Yeah. I don't think you can walk away from that. I don't think you walk away from animated gifs now. I don't think you can walk away from Twitter. Yeah, as sad as that may be. And the, and the truth be told, the content creators, the big ones, are are no longer naive. They all get no. it. They all know it. They all work with YouTube. They have deals with YouTube. Um, yeah, and you can't fight it because and the deals that those companies have with YouTube dwarf what. Right any single creator could ever hope to use to kind of offset those deals. Well, so. also, I mean, like, it's, it's like, you know, there used to be, like, I used to watch, like, um, Daily Show or, like, you know, Bill Maher's New Rules when I could still stomach Bill Maher uh, on, you. like, someone would put up the video right after that it aired and I watched they it still on do YouTube. That. Sometimes, but, like, usually they're zoomed in weird or they're, now they're, like, like they flip they around. They have weird audio skips in them. Yeah. yeah, but, like, you know, like, like last week tonight with John Oliver puts their stuff up, like, in minutes. Yeah. Like, like you don't miss anything. Like, they're, they're yeah. so savvy now about serving that audience that because doesn't have know. cable and doesn't like, watch TV. we might as well get the ad views off of it because yeah. if we don't, somebody else is going to do it. And, and they're, they're gonna... not, those people aren't subscribing to HBO nope. or cable. Yeah. So, like, that's how you reach those people. And it's very much in Google and YouTube's uh, interest to figure out how to make it worth those worth those companies' while. And I think what's been surprising for big media, and for me to a certain extent, where we had kind of this model where we've had stuff behind a wall, and then, you know, we kept mm. it behind the wall, and now we have delays, like a week for Pactor Factor, three days for everything else. I think big media, and myself included, always assumed that people were far more protective of what they were paying for. And no. I think that has kept big media from doing what HBO is now doing, which is, hey, we have all these people that paid X amount of dollars per month to watch this show on HBO. We can't put it on YouTube right away. Mm -hmm. But those people don't care. No. They really don't. I don't care. Like, I pay for HBO. If I go on YouTube and I see John Oliver's show, I don't care. No. Like, I pay even for, if you, I I pay for HBO and I tend to watch John Oliver's show on YouTube. Yeah, I do too like, sometimes, like, yeah. If like, I just want to watch, like, it's the monologue. easier. Yeah, it is. And, uh, you know. I, I use YouTube sometimes over, like, HBO Go. And I think a lot so of... So, like, the, why would I load up this whole other app when it's mm. just, it's right here? But I also think a lot of, like, the Patreon thing and that kind of, you know, or whatever other, you know, tipping, donation. Like, it's more of a tipping culture. I'm like, people, people put money in because they want to show appreciation for the people making the content. They don't, they're not, they don't feel like they're buying exclusivity of the content. They want to show appreciation and help out the creators that make the things that they like. You're absolutely right. Um, yeah. it's a, that's a very different business model than what we're used to in terms of content creation. Yeah. And in some cases... And, and again, I think it took big media a long time to kind to of figure get that over out. that. Yeah. Yeah. And also, 
Um, it took you a long time to get over that. I mean, we've yeah. been in, in that world so long, it's a hard Absolutely. corner to come to get around. It, my, my case in particular, because I came from Viacom. Yeah. And Viacom was like like a pit bull. They're like, this is our content, and we it's pay an, for I mean, this to create The whole it. thing is just, it's when you really step back, especially if you've worked in media, like we have the, like the, 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 the necessary steps back to take to kind of see the bigger picture and understand what was happening there. Like, it's amazing that any of us were able to, to grasp it. I mean, I remember sitting in meetings and trying to explain at G, the late stage of G4, like, we needed to get the hosts on Twitch. We needed to stream games with them and, like, have them. And they're like, you want to just ha- play video games? Yeah. Like, just, just have them playing video at the show as they're playing a video game together? And I'm yeah. like, yeah, that's the show. And they, they thought I was nuts. Yeah. They thought I was completely insane. Yeah. But they also missed the the whole part of connecting with the audience, yeah. and that's what a big I, tr- part I, of I tried too. to kind of. Well, that was the funny thing was like, how long did G four spend trying to do that interactivity thing? Yeah, and here was the perfect platform for it. Yeah, and everyone just said, "Nah, stupid." That's insane. And I'm yeah. like, it just the it, it felt like everything <laughs> in reverse. Like I'm sitting there saying, "I'm like, I don't think you need the Spock market yeah. on, the, on your Star Trek reruns. <laughs> I don't think you need that." Um, <laughs> But like, and then then got reversed, and I'm just like, I mean, it wasn't the same people, yeah. obviously. But like, uh, it just, it was a totally different world, and uh, you either were agile enough to figure it out or you weren't. Not that I, not that I capitalized. I mean, if we were smart when G4 and X Play ended, we would have all formed our own little like production company, like Easy Allies, and gone on and, no, you're and, absolutely right. and kept making the show in some form, basically. Yeah, or just started our own content network. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's not too late. <laughs> it's really not. So. Yeah, the times they are changing, and it's been interesting to watch how modern technology has kind of had to rescind mm-hmm. a little bit and come back to the more traditional media yeah. model, at least as far as the legalities and the Yeah, well, I think you're, you're, I mean, to really simplify it, I think you're just hitting a point where the company either can't afford to or doesn't have to keep giving out free samples. Yeah. Like, it's time, it's time to just do business. Yep. And that's going to be a very, very difficult growing pain, I think. Just yeah. because of the culture that's grown up around. Well, I also think a lot of big media is being forced to learn the lesson. Yeah. Because, I mean, yeah. everyone's ratings are going down because everyone's cutting the cord, and they're being forced to find mm-hmm. sort of their new pathway. And yeah, it's, it's, changed it's been die more time. difficult for, for, for some than others. So it remi- That's why I keep bringing up that the Wild West metaphor. Is like, it's like, like you know, once, the, once the train comes through, once the railroad gets built, that changes the economy there in a way that people have to adjust or die. Or to do a more modern reference... Uh, the roadside culture that grew up around stuff like Route 66 that was then destroyed when the freeways were built that yeah. circumvented those places. There was never yeah. any reason for a car to even go near those locations, like which is actually what Cars is about. A Pixar it is. Movie. Yeah, you're right. Um, yeah. Cars two that is, happens is terrible, a lot though. Cars is about that, yeah. and like, and you know, and John Lasseter, who's a big fan of road culture, basically finds that to be a tremendous loss. And I think there's a comparison to be made there between kind of the Route 66 sort of the, the down-home kitsch of it and, like, what we might lose in YouTube if it becomes a more corporate platform that, that doesn't care about preserving that that other side of it. Yeah, but I think people, and particularly the people that kind of follow content like we create in the games, folks, I think they'll always find those people. Yeah. Our audience is the audience that's willing to take the longer road to get the better views, mm-hmm. I guess is a good, mm-hmm. a good analogy to use. Like, Because what happens in these small towns is they build, like, a freeway bypass whereas you used to have to drive through the middle of that downtown now there's just this big mega highway that just goes way just completely ignores it and uh i think our audience and the gaming audience in general are the people who are willing to 
drive through that little town mm -hmm. to try to see what they can see. So. And whether whether you're a struggling YouTube channel or you're driving the old Route 66, it is all about the views. It is. Exactly. And on that, we'll move on to the next topic. Matt, could uh, Middle Earth Shadow of War screwed things up any worse than it has? Is it even possible? Well, I mean, they could have made a Star Wars game yeah. by accident. You know, it's like, oh, no, lightsabers. Why did we do that? I mean, the game looks awesome. I'm not going to oh, lie. Oh, it's really like, good. I, I am, it's still on my like predictive, like, this might be one of my favorite games of the year thing. Yeah. But you just look at it, and you're like, really? Like, she loves a hot chick now, and like, yeah. you, you're, you're just covering it in microtransactions, and I was like, look, I don't even really care about microtransactions, that might, it doesn't bother me that much, but it's just like, you are pissing off the gamers in a way that I haven't seen a game do since No Man's Sky. It's not even necessarily the microtransaction stuff that's the problem. I, thought, I think we've kind of discussed that on the show before, and we both mm -hmm. were kind of like, this is overblown. What I wanted to talk about more is this DLC that uh, Warner Brothers was going to release to honor one of the developers that passed passed mm -hmm. away from cancer. And <laughs> so it first announces it, and I'm like, oh, wow, that's great. I love that you guys are doing this. But then people start digging in, and it actually turns out that like the family's only getting a small portion of the revenue. Once people find this out, mm -hmm. people get angry, lash out, as the internet likes to do. And this was a case where lashing out actually brought some good. I don't think it did, though. Well, that's, so that's what I'm saying. Because yeah. <laughs> like, when Warner Brothers finally made their... Because well, they said, like, okay, now the, the DLC's going to be free, and we're just going to make a straight-up donation to the family. Um, but then some... I don't remember... I don't even know if it was an official statement, but it was someone from Warner Brothers posting on their for, a forum for the game that basically said, like... Yeah, like, the problem people had was, like, there's certain states and certain countries where, like, you're prohibited from kind of doing the donation thing. But it turns, like, Warner Brothers, it sounds the way they worded it, and I wasn't able to get, like, confirmation on this or anything, but it sounds the way they worded it that Warner Brothers was just going to not promote it as such in those territories, but still donate the proceeds to the family. And just not say anything. That's kind of a gray area situation. Right. Where like, like, we're not going to promote it in Alaska and Hawaii or wherever you can't do that. But we're still going to give the proceeds as a lump sum. And, like, no one's ever going to audit that. So, well, like, no one's ever going to say, where did this yeah, come, where did come from? Where did this come from? It's like, no, this was our from? donation and that's where it came from. So, basically, they were going to, like, kind of skirt the law in order to do some good for this guy's family. But because people freaked out about it, they're just like, you know what? Not worth it. It's all blown now. We're just going to do... This. So, I think... Probably the reaction and the subsequent solution to it have cost that family some some cash. Uh, so like, good job everyone. I don't like I don't know what the what it, it was a weird thing to do to begin with. Like it's a weird sort of like fundraiser by here like buy an orc that looks like this guy and we'll give him his family some money. It's just something that no one I, has that, that ever been done anything like that. I don't not that I'm aware of. It. And what I keep going back to is a memorial orc. That's not a that's not a thing. What I keep going back to is why didn't Warner Brothers just give money to the family? Well, I think they they did. Like I think that just was part of a it. A lump sum? That, well, now they're going to. Right. But, but like, like right out of the gate, if you're like, okay, well, let's sell this DLC mm -hmm. and get all the proceeds or a percentage of proceeds to the guy's family. They say all Why of not it. just avoid that altogether and just give the guy's family a nice lump sum of money? Because this would have gotten them more. I guarantee you. Well, it depends have... on how much they're willing to give. Right, but like this is like gives you the money that like they, they you know they say like, this is earmarked for this, and they can give everything they make because they said all the proceeds were going to go. 
Whereas, like, a lump sum, you don't know how much a corporation is willing to get donated a, an employee's family. My contention is that the only reason Warner we Brothers don't know what they did it this yeah, way is because it wanted the positive publicity of doing it. Well, sure. Like, it could have it. just said, like, it could have estimated what they would have sold of DLC and just gave the money to the family. But what it wanted is it wanted the positive press. And I'm sure part of that ties into the fact that it had been drugged through the mud for the microtransactions mm-hmm. before. I, I Look... Part of it, but I also think that one of the things they were hoping to leverage here is that sort of, you know, and this may have been misguided on their part, but I think they're also looking at the whole, you know, people online, like, you know, sometimes go above and beyond for a good cause when it comes to, you know, we see the, the, you know, the Games Done Quick stuff and certain Kickstarters and... You know, you know the the GoFundMe stuff for people who need like you know operations for their dogs and so you know yeah. the internet will take care of each other in that regard in ways that like, you wouldn't necessarily expect. Like you know they they go people go above and beyond when it's a cause that they find uh, near and dear to their heart. And cancer has been proven to be one of those things. And I think they were probably expecting that this would be something people would rally around, which would potentially earn that family a lot more money than you would th- you might think. Uh, clearly, that's not what happened because the small print was too confusing. Right, and I have a problem just blindly trusting Warner Brothers anyway. In, yeah, in well, you should have a problem blindly trusting any major right. corporation. But I would think. Warner Brothers, in particular, I feel like has been more guilty than a lot of other publishers of doing things that were a little nefarious. And then, yeah, well, I mean, they did put out Batman versus Superman, right? <laughs> so. But it feels like Warner Brothers tries to get away with stuff until yeah. people realize it and call them on it, and then they're all like, "Oh, well." Oh wait, well, I, I think 2K might have passed them. No, no, with, that, the, with, NBA with NBA 2K, 2K it definitely did. Yeah, uh, but yeah, they're up there. You're I, right. I mean, in the pantheon of publishers, I do not trust. They are near the top of that totem yeah. pole. But I think if if you dig through the corporate nonsense enough, I think I think the intention was probably good. Like the, the 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 idea that was pitched at that first meeting was probably a very positive idea. Yeah, like one of the developers was like his best friend or whatever. Was like, hey, like why don't we just like make this one piece of DLC and just sell it and make money for him and his family? Mm-hmm. And everybody's like, yeah, that's good. And then the exact started digging. Yeah, into and then it. the legal department went through it, and like, yeah. oh, the marketing got a hold of it, and yeah, yeah. It, I mean, basically, it started out as this beautiful little gold ring. It did, yeah. And then after 300 years under the mountains, we came out as Gollum. <laughs> That's a good analogy. Very appropriate. But uh, how do you feel about what the final plan is now, though? I mean, it's better than nothing. Yeah. The family's still going to get something, and everybody kind of gets this DLC and and for free. I mean, yeah. it's free. It's, it's a memorial. And, like, you know what? To some degree, at least we're all going to remember this guy. Yeah, for sure. I mean, if... Like, it, it, like one way or the other, mon- mon- money aside... Like, it's a cool memorial. Like, I feel like if you worked in games and you love games and you love Lord of the Rings, like, that's a pretty cool way for everybody to remember you is this is this crazy orc character that's sort of based on, on who he was. I well, guess. yeah, some more to ask me, Shane, would you rather have a tombstone when you die or be immortalized in a video game? Mm-hmm. I'll take option B. Yeah. <laughs> Without a doubt. Uh, but, yeah, I, uh, I don't know. It just... It seems like it's something so simple that they should have got right immediately. I feel like maybe if it if the game hadn't already kind of earned its negative stripes with its loot box content, and especially with the lack of clarity they've had over that until recently, it was only really this week that someone really sat down with any of the developers and the lead creative guy, I think, and basically straight up asked, like, 
can we play this game and not buy loot boxes? Yeah. And the answer was yes. We've t they've tested yeah. it without the loot. But like until then, like did we really know? No, I would say we didn't know. I would say you know, and and to be fair, the way Warner Brothers has handled loot boxes, the only real um, you know. The only real modern like example we have is Injustice Two, and Injustice Two throws loot boxes at you faster than you can open them. Like yeah. I would never, it would never occur to me to pay real money for loot boxes in Injustice Two because I've got like thirty I still haven't opened. I guess there's so many. I have of them. never paid money for a loot box, real money, ever, never. I've never bought one loot box ever. I've bought a couple like online, like mobile free to play games. You didn't see there's a scarf for uh, PUBG for a thousand dollars right now. It's, it's, oh, like the vanity <laughs> scarf, yeah. I mean that comes out of like the you know like the Team Fortress Two thing. Yeah, yeah, I get it. It's... The whole hats, I get it. I mean, I know where it's coming from. I don't get it. Yeah, I mean, my girlfriend has bought, my insane. girlfriend has bought loot boxes from Overwatch. Uh, I have bought gift cards for her to buy, buy loot, loot boxes, boxes from Overwatch. <laughs> uh, I bought a couple of uh, packs of Bright Emblems yeah. in, uh, in Destiny Two, in part because With silver. In part because I wanted to uh, you know get some more emotes. Uh, and a and a and a quick sparrow for my other character, but also because like I didn't feel too bad. I think that's how you get they get you because I didn't feel too bad doing that, like putting like not ten bucks towards that because I'm like you know what you guys made a really good game that I enjoy and I did already pay for it, but I feel good about what I've gotten and I was okay with. Well, that. it kind of goes back. I'm going to throw ninety nine ninety nine <laughs> at them for, for that or anything, but like it well, kind of goes back to what we were saying on the last topic. Is that people have come to this place where they want to yeah. reward people. Yeah. Who create things that they love, and it's like maybe I've already rewarded you by paying sixty bucks for that thing, but it's yeah. like you know, like I, I was okay with it. I didn't mind. It's doing tipping it. culture. It's exactly yeah. what you said. That's yeah. the tip. It's like this is what I pay for the product. Here's your tip. You did a great job. Here's your tip for a thing that doesn't exist that didn't yeah. cost you anything to make. <laughs> it's, it's pretty messed up. Uh, when you think about it, it's stupid. Yeah. And in this one, it's like the loot boxes contain orcs. <laughs> The yeah. loot boxes contain imaginary fantasy creatures. <laughs> it's crazy. If you had talked to me about this stuff like 15 years ago, I'd have been like, you lost your damn mind. Yeah, well, meh. I mean, I'm not too worried about it in, in Shadow War because clearly you can play the game just fine without it. And mm. if, if you know something has loot boxes and I don't need them to complete yeah. the game, I will simply ignore them. Yeah. Uh, the other people cannot. You know, like Jim Sterling clearly cannot ignore the fact that there is going to be <laughs> a money grubbing orc rubbing his hands trying to sell you loot boxes. I don't care about that. He doesn't. He doesn't like that at all. I don't. It doesn't bother me. But there, look, there is a gray area there, and this is the the line that NBA 2K18 steps over is that you can't make oh, the grind it, so extreme that people. Are going to just want to pay the money so it they don't have to go through it. NBA 2K18 steps over the line the way Jordan steps over the free throw line <laughs> yeah, to, to, dunks, to dunk. Yeah. I mean, it's like it's like whoa. Yeah. Like, I mean, well, the I, crazy thing is, that I even clicked on that thinking like, well, how could that could it be? How could it be? Oh that bad? wow. Yeah, I know. Like you can't. Well, the crazy play. thing is, 2K has nerfed it. Like yeah. it is actually worse when it launched, and 2K since then has like dialed it back, and the reviews keep coming in, and they're like, "Oh, you got a long way to go before yeah. you bring this up to scratch." Well, so. that, I mean, the thing you know, people can get as worried about Shadow War as they want, but Warner Brothers' history with Unjustice 2's loot boxes to me makes me feel like they're they're going to be there if you want to, but they're not going to be there to to make you. Whereas like NBA 2K, like I'm very concerned about Borderlands 3. Oh yeah, uh, as you should be. Borderlands Three feels like it's you know primed to be a game that where they can exploit that in a really heavy way. And I think like the gold key thing in Two was already a little over the line where they're like, you got to follow us and like Randy Pitchford on Twitter and stuff to get these codes and all that. I mean, I did it, but it's like, at least yeah. I didn't have to pay anything for it. But it's like 
if if you're in the at, to the point where like they're charging real money for boxes of actual guns and, and equipment and stuff on that, like that's a. I mean, I don't like to use the term slippery slope, but it's just like that doesn't feel good. I love that term. I have no <laughs> problem with it. <laughs> it's misused a lot. It is, yeah. But in this case, I think it's a legitimate, yeah, a legitimate example for sure. Uh, Especially because these stories are just you're, you're keep... combining two two K and Gearbox are probably not the two companies with the best rep. With no, gamers. it's like the worst. It's like, yeah. yeah. So like that's the a question, lethal combination. Like the question becomes like, is there anyone in that decision making chain that's going to come up with the right answer for anything in terms yeah. of a, a customer facing idea? And I don't know. If, I don't know if there is. I feel like this is one of those things where all the other publishers should have learned all the lessons by now. Mm-hmm. You should have been able to watch all this other stuff happen. There's no reason for NBA 2K18 yeah. to have that stuff. I mean, EA must be looking at NBA 2K and being like, wow, that's greedy. I also <laughs> wonder. EA. Here's one thing I wonder too: be, is that because Games like NBA 2K or Madden are played by a lot of players who don't play a lot of other games mm. and aren't wired. They aren't they aren't members of Sifted. They aren't wired into gaming the way like we are and the people who are watching the stream right now are or the people who subscribed are on Patreon for Sifted are. I'm wondering if these publishers kind of look at these this more casual audience is for lack of a better term, it's like suckers. Because they're not in the day-to-day. They're not on NeoGAF. They're not reading rants about this stuff. And if you think about it, if you didn't know about the uproar around this stuff, and you were just some guy who likes basketball and buys, like, two video games a year, and you bought NBA 2K18, would you... I think some of those people might look at it and be like, damn, I can pay and I don't have to do that? That's awesome. That could be. I have a a couple friends... Because NBA... NBA... Uh, MLB The Show has sort of similar things where like there's a, there's like the fantasy mode or the franchise mode or whatever where you use cards and like kind of work up a thing. That way, I never got into that. I just play the road to the show. But um, I have a couple friends who play that game that have gotten real into that. It's like, it's like collecting baseball cards yeah. basically. But like they, they you pay real money. You pay real yeah. money for that. It's all these yeah. opening packs and everything. It's, it's Madden Same has Madden that and, and, all, yeah. and all of it. Yeah. And Halo and yeah. Rise of the Tomb Raider <laughs> and Forza <laughs> yeah. and you know. Yeah. Forza 7 had a new thing announced today that I didn't have time to read about, but it's another kind of like pay real money to get something thing. I mean, they've always had kind of the car token thing, yeah. but now there's some other element to it that. Uh, some, I just got review code of that this morning. Some fans are freaking out. Some fans are like, eh, it's whatever. It's yeah. Like, like, the, like, I think I think you are hitting the point where like people are just sort of you know a lot of people are just throwing their hands up and being You're like, apathetic. look, look, yeah. I just want to play it. Like, I don't, yeah. you know, and, and I hope it doesn't ruin it. You know, NBA 2K ruined it. Shadow of War sounds like they're intentionally trying not to ruin it. But it's like, I, you know, my little brother loves NBA 2K. It's like his favorite franchise. He what played... did that get, like, Metacritic-wise, by the way? I didn't it's pretty high. It's like over that's the last game on my... Uh, Some people have really ripped into game, it over that. draft. Yeah, I think it's around a 9, something like that. I mean, I still got you. Oh, yeah, it's over. <laughs> it was long over a long I, time I calculated ago. out, I think the only way I could lose is if Mario gets a 5. Really? Average I figured it'd have to get a zero at this point. No, I think something. If something else does, didn't work, like I, I figured out, like the others get the things I expect them to get. But if Mario got like a four or five, average, I think you're safe. I think we're okay. Yeah, <laughs> I think you're all right. But it was actually closer than I thought it would be. But my brother is a huge NBA 2K guy. I mean, he gets it every year. He plays it literally. I mean, it's all he plays. He's one of those players that gets one game, gets really good at it, and that's really all he cares about. He never talks about microtransactions. <laughs> I don't think he even knows what that term is. I don't think he's ever even heard it with his own ears. So I think there are, and I don't want to call people gullible, they just don't play games and aren't into mm-hmm. games as much as we are. I think 
those people are kind of marks for the publishers. Yeah. And I, I think mean, that's why you see them stretching these policies a little further than they should in these games that they know attract right. more of a casual well, audience. Well, also, like, if that's the, what you play, you know, not everybody plays the way we do, like, you know, and, and I think a lot of people who watch this are, 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 are you know, the hardcore game people, like, you're, you're, you want to save that 19 bucks for the next game you want to buy. Yeah. Or if you're not buying any other games, that's just, like, a bit of an entertainment expense. Well, they look at it like it's like buying new songs for your iPod right. or, like, whatever, buying right. a game for your cell phone. Well, or... I've gotten, sometimes I've done that where I'm like, okay, like, you know... You know, I, 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 that was one of the ways I, I justified the like the ten dollar thing for the bright engrams was like, well, that's even, that's less than I'd pay for a movie ticket. Yeah, you know, like people. That's what it is. You start yeah. doing the internal bargaining. Like that's basically. that's how much a sandwich costs yeah. in LA. <laughs> yeah. You know, like or uh, you know, I personally know two people who have spent more than twenty thousand dollars on Clash of Clans. Yeah. That can get discouraging, though, because there's many times where I was like, I don't understand why people don't subscribe to the site, and you start doing that bargaining in your mind. You're like, <laughs> they probably spent that much on a coffee this morning that lasted them like 10 minutes, mm -hmm. and they don't want to spend $4 for something that's going to give them like dozens of hours of entertainment a month. Like, you start doing that, it'll drive you crazy. Yeah, this show is way longer than a coffee. <laughs> well, Guaranteed. It, it may not wake you up. <laughs> it depends on the episode, I think. All right, let's move on. We're going to talk next about the SAG-ACTRA strike. Mm -hmm. Strike! Strike! Mobile strike. Did they completely waste... <laughs> <laughs> as long as they're talking about games with microtransactions. <laughs> did uh, they completely waste their time, Matt? A little bit, maybe. They did. Like they, they got, like, nothing they after got no that. The concessions that the actor side made were crazy. Like, I was shocked at how much they backed off. And I don't know why. Like, I, w I want to know some details on that, and I haven't seen it. About why they... About why the actors... Uh, why SAG caved as hard as they did. Basically. Because it had been 11 months. These people needed to eat. It, what happens is... And that... Look, this is something that is with union strikes, no matter what the industry is. Yeah. The longer they go on, the harder it becomes to convince to people to the union stick people to the line. strike. Yeah. Because the problem is, not everybody's rich. So you have some people who have enough money to live the rest of their lives in luxury. Yeah, the vast majority of SAG members are not George Clooney. Exactly. Yeah. And that's the problem. I mean, it literally is probably like 5% of their members are wealthy. Mm -hmm. And everybody else is living... Working hand, for a living. Working yeah. for a living. Working hand to mouth. And what happens is the people who are making all the money, they don't really care. Because they're freaking rich. And they're like, mm -hmm. if I make an extra $100 per voice, I don't care. I don't need the money. So you have the people who are on the lower end who, who initiate the strike, but as the time goes on, their willingness to stick to it, they're like, eventually mm -hmm. they have to put food on the table. And then the people at the top don't care at all. They'll go along with everybody else, but when the sentiment at the bottom starts to fade, the people at the top are like, well, I never gave a crap. So mm -hmm. it, And then it just starts to crumble. And Somebody in the powerful position just goes, I didn't think the, that Life is Strange prequel was really very good without Ashley Birch's voice in it. We need to get back to it. Um, the thing is, that, like, the, you know, they, they, there is some like, new little bonus structure. It's like a pretty minor I actually thing. have all the information here. So basically how it used to be was for every $2 million sold, a voice actor would get an extra $825 with an $8 million sold cap for a total bonus that they could ever possibly get of three thousand three hundred dollars, which is about like on scale, I think that's about two days' work. Yeah, basically. Yeah. Um, basically, what they got through this was a three percent increase in the base rate hmm. and seventy-five dollars per session. Which 
which is something, but not huge. Well, their contention was is that this is a case of all boats rise. Right. So eat, now you're getting extra money, even if you're not working on games that on sell well. On a two million well. seller, right? Right. The, but the upshot, I think, is that this ain't over. Like this issue is going to come up again in yeah. a couple of years. Like this is going to continue. I don't know. I mean, they may have just given up. They've held out for eleven months, Matt. Yeah, but they'll try again. Like this, this, this you know, everybody, you know, like you say, everyone needs to work and needs to get the you know money and the food on the table now. But give it a couple more years, and people are going to start. You know, keep a couple of the right people with the, with the key key ears who uh, you know spend a couple days having to do uh, what they're called effort days, where you have to scream and grunt for the whole. They session. got nothing on that man. They got nothing on that. Nothing. Yeah. That to me. That was the really the big thing to me. It was it's like, like blatantly obvious. Yeah. yeah. You don't. If you have to go and scream for two hours, I mean, we do it once a week. <laughs> right. <laughs> but if you if you have to go and scream for, there should be limitations placed upon that. Um, and the. The publishers would not fold on that. They would not weird. give in. Well, especially because, like, you know, that's what you use to make your money is yeah. your voice. Like, if you're damaging that, and that's, that you can damage that forever. Like, there's, forever. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's, it, it's a different scenario, but it's, it's, it's like young opera singers. If they sing the wrong opera, they can damage their voice, not necessarily in a way that, like, is going to be, you're going to see it, like, immediately, but it could shorten their career by five to ten years. Oh, yeah. You know? And it's like, that's the same kind of thing that's happening here. These people have, you know, that's one of the things, like, well, earlier I said, like, if I remember correctly, scale for uh, voice acting in a, a union job is 1500 a day, if I'm remembering right. I don't remember if that's half day. It might be, I think it's a full day. I might be wrong there. I make no claim. But it's about, it's, it's a pretty good number. That's a lot. Um, and people, yeah, obviously people are like, oh, wow, that's a lot. But when you think about it, how long is your voice going to stay, you know, usable in that regard how long are you gonna be in, in demand you know you have a limited as an actor of any kind you have a limited amount of time to make your money yeah and then you well, either with start no regulations new... it may not right. last very long and then you start <laughs> a new career or you live off what you've made and invested and like you know you got to get paid in that in, in that sense especially if you're doing this kind of thing that could damage your your voice every voice actor i know is afraid of you know Pushing that, pushing those vocal folds or voc the wrong way in that one one scream near the end of the day without having taken the, the right number of sips of hot tea, yeah. and all, all sudden, their voice. they reckon their voice. At the very least, you're out for the next three days, and like maybe you had another two things lined up those days, and yeah. you lose all that money. The only thing that the voice actors really got any concessions on was transparency. Um, they will, they now know or will know what roles they're playing before they show up. Mm. And whether they're reprising a role that they had before. Because this is something that's insane when you think about it, Matt. Only the gaming industry won't tell people who work on products what they're working on. It's very weird. It's the only entertainment industry that does that. It's this weird culture that we have mm. around games with spoilers and, and secrecy. And, and secrecy. All and it's like, why wouldn't you want your actors to know what they're doing? It's like imagine Imagine if you were like a musician. Right. And like some your agent calls you and says, Hey, we have a gig. We can't tell you what style of music you're playing. <laughs> We what instrument you're playing. We can't tell you what instrument you're playing. We can't tell you what... Here, we aren't giving you any sheet yeah. music to prepare. Or who you're playing or with. Or who you're playing with. Just show up. Like, that is absurd. Imagine yeah. if, like, an actor showed up on a set the first day and didn't know anything. 
didn't know any of the actors, didn't have the script, didn't know what the movie was, didn't know what the character mm-hmm. there. It's insane. Which is, makes it, you know, that kind of thing, which I didn't know until recently that this was a this was a thing. That makes a lot more sense when you see some of these like lower budget like dub jobs or or or, or games where like sometimes it just sounds like it's the first time people are seeing the, the words. Yeah. Because it is. Yeah. Which is which is nuts. Like. It yeah. makes the and it's like and do you think the top you know, I think Naughty Dog doesn't tell you know people what they're doing before they get in that mocap studio? Of course not. Like, Noel North knows what he's doing when he goes in there. But for see, that. this is what but, happens but when that's you the have you people like spying on people on the subway and taking photos ah. of like their laptop screen or a, a document that they're looking at or. Mm. Or people searching all over LinkedIn for right. like imagine, some actor. Who's imagine working. someone leaves that printout of that Halo scene on the on a train. Or and something. look, I'm I'm guilt. We're guilty of it too. Like we we curate those stories when mm-hmm. people find out stuff on LinkedIn. But for whatever reason, the gaming industry has just become like this top secret. Like it's really bizarre. It's like you don't know if a game, like it, it, until like three months before they come out in some cases, you don't even know a game's in development unless something mm-hmm. like that leaks out, which is like different than other mediums. It's like, has there ever been a film that was shot and everything and released and nobody knew it was coming? Not often. There have been a couple I can think of that are kind of used that. Ten, Ten Cloverfield Lane was uh, a little bit like that. Where was it? Was, where Dan, I mean, I'm cheating on that because I know Dan, and he directed, Dan directed, the Dan Trachtenberg directed that, and it was originally kind of a, an independent thing, an independent film. It was not connected to the Cloverfield universe. Uh-huh. And then suddenly they announced, like, J.J. Abrams announced, like, this is going to, the Cloverfield universe is going to continue. It's 10 Cloverfield Lane. This is this movie. It comes out, like, next month. And, like, it was there. And, and it but was a, very it, rare. It, it was a, it was a stunt. Happens. Like, yeah. doing that was a stunt. Right, right. In, in movies. Yeah. Whereas in games, it's like, expected is what we it's what everything is music with albums like very rarely does an album just drop without people mm-hmm. having at least had rumors flying around talking and when it about does it. it's a big deal and it's usually yeah. somebody it's usually somebody huge it's like, who had it's enough like a, money to shut right. everybody up who was working on it's it. a beyonce right or something like that or a jay-z or whatever yeah. yeah it's not some little band or whatever because the other part too is a lot of people need that as publicity mm-hmm. to start get generating interest in whatever project right. that they're working i mean on. and on the flip side we have things like you know uh, Shenmue 3 or Cuphead, which are around for for years, and you crack right. down. Yeah, um, a lot of Microsoft stuff. Yeah, <laughs> funny how that works. Forever. But, well, when you don't have anything, you got to. But to be fair, early. I couldn't tell you a damn thing about the characters and who's voicing what in Scalebound. Yeah, so, I don't know. I'm wondering too if maybe a little bit of the actors folding was that they sat and kind of watched the industry go on without them. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if... Uh, I mean, I know you mentioned that you didn't want to play Life is Strange because Ashley Birch wasn't in it, but I played it, and I didn't miss her really at all. Like, mm. it really didn't make any difference to me. I think it, it depends. I mean, look, I'm a giant voice actor fan. Like, I, yeah. I think voice acting is I mean, is I appreciate really cool. it, and, and I like certain voice actors, and but, I, but, but... But, like, and, you know, performance... You know, I, hate to, I hate to dredge up the hashtag, but performance matters. I'm also still upset that uh, Travis Touchdown is not going to be Robin Atkin Downs. Right. <laughs> um, most people don't even, probably don't even know that name. Yeah. You know, I mean, look, like, most of the people who play Life is Strange don't know who Ashley Birch is. I mean, no. we're a part of this very small group of people who are very well informed. Right. Well, even more so with voice. I mean, look, one of my prized possessions is a is a, the Transformers box set signed by all the living Transformers right. voice actors from back in the day. I mean, this is a thing I really care about. Yeah, yeah. And I acknowledge that I'm 
I'm, a, I'm a, a niche anomaly. of a niche yeah. of a niche maybe. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that's why you know one of the reasons I keep up with this kind of thing, and I you know and I know a lot of some of these voice actors, and I think they're really good people, and I don't want them to hurt their voices and bleed from their throat anymore. Yeah. Um, I but, mean, I think everyone can get behind that. But is thing. there a business leverage reason you could like force that to happen? It doesn't seem to be there right now. I mean, the industry just went on. I mean, right. that's really well, what happened. Well, like, yeah, there was the, no it's, to someone who didn't know about the story, nothing changed. Right. At the same time, like and that gets I'm, scary for the are people. We, are we hitting the point? So, I mean, we're not going to see the results of that probably for another, until probably next year. When yeah. the games that, that were being recorded during the strike right, and had yeah. to use other voice actors are going to come out and we're going to finally see there's going to be a difference there. Which might be, if that causes a reaction, could be what puts sends SAG back to the strike table again. Yeah. Um, do I think that's going to happen? Probably not. Probably not. I'd like it to happen. I'd like, yeah. I'd like people to say, like, I'm hey, disappointed this that after all good. that time, like to me... If they were going to just give in, give in and give up all these concessions, they should have done that in like a month. Like instead of waiting 11 months, mm. putting all their people out of work all that time. Yeah. If this was the deal you were working towards, that should have happened immediately. Well, you like, gotta. Well, you gotta. Um, you gotta see if it's gonna work for you, you. You can't just. You can't lay siege and give up after a week. Like you, yeah. You, you gotta see if it's gonna. That's work. why I said a couple months. But I think the <laughs> fact that, like, like you say, like the 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 industry basically just hired a bunch of other people, you know, non-union work, hired a bunch of scabs, if you want to say that. Yeah. Um, and soldiered on, and uh, you know. What are you going to do? After like, 11 months, you're like, wait, these guys don't really not, care. They're not stopping. Because at first you think the publishers are bluffing, right? Yeah. You're like, oh, yeah, they say that they'll use other people, whatever. And then after a while, you realize, oh, they really are going to use other yeah. people. At a certain point, you got to dive out of the way of the train. Yeah. Like, yeah. You know, and the industry is a train. Yeah, and it's not going to yeah. stop. No, there's they, too much money There's too involved. much money at stake, and people don't buy games based on... Okay, I buy games based on voice acting. <laughs> But other than me making that life is strange before the storm decision, I don't think that's a thing that really happens. It, yeah, it's typically not. There, no, are, not. there are others like you. But. Here and there. I mean, yeah. I mean, there are, I mean, I'm, I'm and a, look, this is coming from someone who knows Ashley, worked mm. with her. She created a show for GT for like six years. And still, ultimately, mm. I felt bad. Like, when I heard yeah. the story, and I'm like, she should be the voice actress, and she's great. But, I, but, but I, I, when I played the game, I didn't really care. Right, but at the same time, I think... I mean, one thing is they got a good actor to replace her. Um, you know, if, if that actress had been Ashley in the first game... Or uh, uh, Chloe in the first game, I don't think there would have been... Any, I think no, she right. still would have been a great character. Would yeah. have been a, she, she was, her performance is good. I just can tell it's not her. Yeah. But I think there's, you know, there's other things... Little, little things where you notice, that, like, you know, the voice, voice actors are trained to do that job in a very specific way with a very specific t- set of talents. And... Doesn't always translate to other actors, even though know, I, I think you know. Recently, you you uh, brought up uh, the lead voice acting in um, Observer, yeah, which you normally don't think, but you're just like this guy didn't sound right. It was weird. And of course, who when I went home and because I didn't play the game, so I went back and looked it up. I'm like, that was Rutger Hauer. No, no, I believe was, me. I got messages after right. that episode. They're like, dude, how could you Rutger talk Hauer. crap about? Rutger but it's Hauer. like, but it's, I mean, Rutger Hauer, and he's in that because obviously he was in Roy Battery and Blade Runner. He's right. got you know the transhumanism thing is like a thing that he's associated with. Yeah, but. Does that mean he's a good voice actor? Not necessarily. Yeah, I didn't really think he was. I'm sure people will disagree with me on that. But I still haven't played it, it so I can't judge it. I mean, one thing I will say, it's different, so I yeah. noticed it where I don't always notice a lot of voice actors, so there's something to say for that. But Yeah, but you notice it in the sense that you're like, you described it, I think, as the guy you would le- let out of the audition and like go, whoo, at least we didn't hire him kind of thing. And I'm just like, Rutger It's great. Rutger Hauer will kill you for that. Yeah, <laughs> the irony. So the uh, strike lasted 11 months, and here's something very funny. 
the last time we heard from this next game was the same week <laughs> that the strike <laughs> started 11 yeah. months ago. It was the last time we got a look at Red Dead Redemption 2. Finally got another trailer. Matt, do you think that uh, we're going to start seeing a ramp up here? Because no. they're still saying spring 2018. I thought they were just saying after the fiscal year. Yeah. They ever said spring. No, it does say it. Does it? Yeah. Like, I think the trailer says spring okay. 2018 on it. Well, I mean, I'm waiting for that fall delay. By the way, this is another piece of video that will keep us from monetizing this episode of Game oh, Face. Man. Rockstar is just like Nintendo as far as uh, strikes are concerned. But uh, this is too good to not share. Um, so you don't think they are going to ramp up the media? I don't know if you remember or not, but the original Red Dead, like... The last couple months of marketing for the game, mm -hmm. they just flooded the channels. Well, I could see they started that. doing what? these crazy like uh, gameplay vignettes with like voiceover. They explained how the gameplay was working. Right. Well, once I mean, once you start to get into the, the three month territory, like let's say they keep the spring, we get a date in like maybe at PSX or something or uh, the Game Awards or something like that, uh, and they're like, okay, so it's coming out April fifteenth or something like that. Like then I could I bet you yeah, I, I would predict like okay you're gonna see like a big trailer hit the Super Bowl, and then you're just gonna see a blitz for the next like two months leading up to the game. Like I could see that happening, but I don't in terms of like for the rest of this year. I think this is probably all we're gonna get until maybe December. Oh, I definitely agree with that. I mean, right now it's like the golden goose, and Rockstar right. likes it that way. A uh, lot of hype. Were I mean, they made an announcement that they were going to release the trailer. Right, announcement I, of an announcement. Always, yeah, always good. I mean, that just shows you the power that this game has right now. Matt, what were you able to pluck out of this trailer? Um, it's real pretty. Um, I did. A, I watched it like 15 times, and I, I think I plucked out a lot of stuff out I of it. I that much. I, it does look... Is it, is it a prequel? It is a prequel. Yeah, because yeah. it looks a little older, technology-wise, I think. Like, it, it feels a little more rustic. Well, so there are some characters in this, and this is the old trailer, not the new mm -hmm. one, but in the new trailer, there are some characters that are in, in the, first one. the first game, and in they're younger in this trailer. Yeah. They're younger than they are in, so that was like the dead giveaway, but then Rockstar put out one line, one sentence explaining what the game was, and then that, even though it didn't say it's a prequel that blah, 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 based upon the description that Rockstar gave, it was very clear that it was. Mm -hmm. Um... Because they talk about, basically, Dutch's gang. Um, and Dutch's gang, if you remember, in the first Red Dead Redemption, had already been dissolved. Right. That was the gang that Marston was running with right. when he was a bad man, right. basically. Right. And yeah. that's what this is all okay. about, Red Dead Redemption 2. It is a little weird so, that it has the two. So, if not to... Not to uh, well, I mean, the Godfather Part 2 is mostly, mostly prequel. No, you're right. It's you're flashbacks, right. but it's yeah. mostly prequel. Um, hmm... So, so that makes me so Marston's clearly in this game somewhere. He hasn't been shown yet, but he is so in the this, silhouettes. Though there's a silhouette that looks a lot like him. Yeah, yeah. So you don't actually play as Dutch. You play as another person in mm. Dutch's gang named Arthur Morgan, um, and he is in a, in Dutch's gang, which is the same gang that John Marston was in. Um, and basically, it's just about them riding around trying to survive. Mm -hmm. um, and people who played. The last game, know what ultimately is the fate of Dutch, which I'm not going to spoil here on the show. Um, but one thing I would say is that in the first game, Dutch is a very different character. Mm -hmm. He's kind of this guy who's been beaten down by life mm -hmm. and kind of has, has lost his zest, his verve for living. Right. And well, because like there's the whole thing with Bill Willingham, right, has sort of like 
because he Bill's the guy you're sent to take to kill or right. deal with by the FBI, basically. Yeah. In the original game. Yep. And um, some and Marston doesn't really come out and say it until later in the game, but basically some serious shit went down with with, the, with Dutch's gang. Back and this Dutch. is the serious shit. Yeah. That's what this game is all about. Basically telling you what happened with Dutch's gang back in the day. Uh, near as I can tell, based upon characters that the f the few characters that were in both games, it looks like it's set ten or fifteen years before mm. the first Red Dead. Yeah. My, my, the the Marston thing, I I just wonder about because uh, the guy who voiced and mocapped him basically retired to a ranch somewhere or yeah. something. Like like some I don't remember who did it. Was it Glixel or was it somebody did a big feature on him? I don't know. Uh, like a year or two ago, but kind of caught up with him where he went and basically like he did Red Dead Redemption. And got huge accolades for it, and just sort and of made left. his thirty three hundred dollars, yeah, thirty three hundred bucks, <laughs> and went home. Um, but like, and which is, you know, and I'm playing the first game again right now on Xbox One. Uh, you know, just one of those things I kind of go back to when I got the time. Yeah, and like he is really good in that. Yeah, like, oh, yeah. So, I mean, even by Rockstar performance standards, like he is that is a great, great character. Oh, without a doubt. Uh, and I always I wonder if he comes back in this game if they get that actor to come back. I mean, look, I'm get Marston's going to be in the game. Yeah, he's going to be in there. He may just be a cameo. I mean, who you may even end up, end up playing as him before it's all said and done. Who knows? But he's going to be in there. If he's a part of this gang, and the story is about the gang trying to survive going across the wilderness, he's going to be in there in some way, shape, or form. Um, it seems like the whole concept of the main character, or the job of the main character, is he's some kind of a debt collector mm -hmm. for Dutch. Uh, a lot of the scenes in this new trailer, it's him like saying, we need the money, or you need to pay up, or whatever. Yeah, well, so, gang enforcers are, yeah. are, 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 are good GTA uh, fodder. Yep. So it appears that you're going to be playing as the guy who's going to collect debts for Dutch uh, from other people. Um, and then as far as like some of the gameplay stuff, I mean, it looks like it's set in marshland. So you can see there the gator and then mm -hmm. them crawling through the marsh well, the there. Well, Thieves Landing was, uh, was in marshland on the east side of the right. map. Right, yep. It was there. So I'm wondering if it's set in New Orleans or Florida. It seems like New Orleans would be more likely based upon... No, I don't think I don't. That doesn't look like New Orleans to me. You don't think? Well, that's not west, so. That's what it looked like to me. No, well, I mean the. I mean, the, if you think about where the other games were set, wasn't it kind of set around like Arkansas and that whole area? Um, it was like it was Texas and some Mexico and a little bit of New New Mexico kind of area. Right. I mean, obviously the GTA. That's why Louisiana makes more sense to me. Uh, I mean the the east part of the map was sort of swampy, but the rest of the map wasn't like that. Uh, and I don't know if the if Thieves Landing in uh, in Red Dead Redemption was meant to be Louisiana. I guess it was a little bit of Bayou-y yeah. here and there. Um, but I mean, it's the GTA world, so it doesn't really right. match up. It's all fictitious to, anyway. Although you, know, you can drive a you can drive from you know from <laughs> San Francisco to Las Vegas in about fifteen right. fifteen minutes in yeah. uh, GTA. Really anyway. truncate everything. And but, it is, I believe, the same universe. So yeah, but I do wonder if why, if you'll be able to like swim. Yeah, I mean they showed they showed a lot of water in that trailer. You've been able you to swim in G in Rockstar's games since like San Andreas. But the first Red Dead, you couldn't swim. Yeah, could you not get in the water? I don't that? think you could. I can't remember. Maybe the chat can answer that. I thought I don't remember ever swimming in the first. I think Red you Dead. could. You definitely. I think they used the river as a boundary for like a, a a cutoff for the early part of the game. So yeah, maybe you couldn't swim across the river. Yeah, chat. Maybe you can help us out. But I don't remember. 
ever be able to swim in Red Dead. The river was definitely a barrier. So yeah, maybe. Uh, and I did actually recently. I mean, they show you in water there. I did. Kind of creeping through I did swamp. recently. Well, you can yeah go through like shallow water, but I don't think you can cross the river. Uh, and certainly, if your horse falls in the river, they die. Um, which has happened to me more than one, more than one occasion when I whistle for the horse and it run, tries to run across a bridge and fails <laughs> and falls in the water and dies. Yeah. And then I have to reload the damn set. That's the other thing I wonder, too. Do you remember how buggy Red Dead was when it first came out? Oh, yeah. It was, uh, I mean, it it's was rough. It was, almost, it was borderline trash. I mean, I saw, I saw my horse walk off a butte and just walk out into midair into the middle of a <laughs> canyon and just stand there, like, mm -hmm. flicking his Zoop. tail. Like, it was messy when it first oh, yeah. came out. I'm hoping this one is a little better. And then another big element of the first game that appears to be just as big in this one, not just based on this trailer, but the first one as well, is animals, wildlife. Mm. Um, it looks to be just as big. They show a bear. The horse looks freaking amazing. They show the croc coming up and eating a deer, which makes me wonder if there's more of an ecology kind of angle to the game I than would, there was I before. I would think so. Um, that would seem like a pretty natural evolution. It, it does, yeah. So... I mean, it, that trailer is only like 80 seconds long, but it showed a lot in that amount of time. I mean, that's just the stuff that I managed to, to squeeze out of watching it. Um, game looks hot. Yeah. Game's looking real hot. I'm, I'm really excited I'm for it. I wish it was coming out this patient. year. Yeah, I wish it was coming out this year, but it is what it is. Rockstar will sell no wine yeah. before it's done. Yeah, Rockstar, <laughs> it'll get there. But, we'll, we'll just uh, have to play L.A. Noir again and pretend. Uh, that's this anybody... year, right? What? L.A. Noir, the L.A. Noir remaster. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think it's like December 5th or December 10th. Mm -hmm. uh, everyone else in the chat says, I can't remember swimming at all in Red Dead Redemption. He drowns. <laughs> Don't cross the streams. Animated horse balls. <laughs> Indeed. Like I said, the horses look awesome. <laughs> <laughs> well, we know what, what Shane's here for then. <laughs> All right, let's move on to the next topic. I think our little hype piece for Red Dead 2 is, <laughs> is complete. Um, so this week, a developer who used to work on a bunch of Ubisoft stuff, he's been around the industry, mm -hmm. he's been in the industry for over a decade at this point. His name was Charles Randall. Um, basically he he was a, actually a, a good friend of mine. Is that true? Yeah. I've wow. Known, I've known Charles for like 10 years. Wow. Well, there we go. We hung out at E3 together when you go to, to promote Assassin's Creed. Okay. So. Well, your friend, yeah. Charles Randall, came out this week and basically just kind of threw down the gauntlet a little bit and was mm -hmm. like, look, all you people complaining about what we were talking about earlier, about how everything with video game development is secret and you never know anything and you want people want more information but can't get it. Well, he basically said, the reason you're not getting more information is because you're all a bunch of assholes <laughs> i mean that's really what he said well I'll, i will give you a little bit of, uh if you've played assassin's creed well, and you know um you know, in the, like the 2012 section uh you've got uh, all those guys and you've got uh, sean sean hastings yep. Yep. The, the sarcastic british guy yeah he is partially based on charles oh, okay <laughs> so, <laughs> charles charles does not mince words he kind of he is nice i actually said it in a much more mean way than he did but he, he was very diplomatic about it. He, he, he was very... He stuck to... You can't possibly say this is untrue. Yeah. Like, the way he phrased everything. It was a very carefully worded statement. It's a long Twitter thread. I love the Twitter thread stuff where it's just like, I'm not going to make a blog post. I'm going to make 100 subsequent tweets that, that matched up together into a paragraph. That I see a lot... It's mostly in political Twitter now. But or like, you get the people who type something uh, on their screen and they just take a photo of it and then post, and the, post the photo the, on the photo Twitter. Of it, yeah. <laughs> Now Twitter's doubling the, the letter count. 
Yeah, on certain the ones. 280, certain yeah. Ones, yeah. Well, I think if you're verified, maybe they give you more or whatever. Yeah, they, they roll, they're rolling it out real slow with certain certain chosen accounts, apparently. So stupid. There was one. God, I'm not saying it? increasing account is stupid. I'm just Who saying it? rolling it out it, slowly. It was is either stupid. the Seahawks or the Mariners. Their official account. They posted like this incredibly long, like text, like ASCII GIF thing. But it was like it was like a, it looked like a giant brick wall and a tiny little person peeking out behind <laughs> it. At the bottom was like. This is a bad idea. Yeah. <laughs> like it was like a page long. That's pretty and good. I, and I'm like, that's pretty funny. Yeah. I mean, for whoever, a whoever's, team. whoever's running that team's social media was is on the ball. Yeah. So he's basically saying, like, look, if you people weren't such jerks, mm-hmm. developers would be more willing to engage with you. But because every time we try to interact with you guys, you treat us like crap, or you rail us on social media, or you issue death threats, or mm-hmm. whatever else goes goes down. And he's not saying, like, everybody does. He's right, just saying, right. like, the benefit of interacting, like, tra- transparently with the community is not really worth putting up with these, you know, smaller percentage, but very vocal and dangerous, toxic aspect right. of, of, the, of it, yeah. you know? And, uh, which I understand. I mean, look, like, nothing he said in that thread is news to me as someone who talks to game developers on a regular basis like yeah. it's like absolute it's absolutely one of the things they worry about it's one of the things you worry they worry about like saying the wrong thing and it getting out and they you know it, they basically get hung out to dry by their company or by whatever happened i mean it it feels like a minefield to them a lot of times and like you never know if you're going to say the wrong thing and people are going to take it as gospel and it's going to blow up in like a no man's sky way or you're gonna put out the you know look at what look at the reactions to the in development uh, footage of Shenmue three yeah where it's like yeah we took the facial animations out we got to rework them and everybody still freaks out anyway it's like why, why well, then they reworked them and put out the developer yeah. doc and that wasn't exactly encouraging either but it is encouraging because they're not trying to show you finished expression they're trying to show like look at the bone movement you can do right. in, the, in the like this is here we're working on it it's there it's a it's a progress update it's yeah. not meant to sh- it's not meant to be like realistic or final expressions it's meant to show this is what we're doing and at this point i'm like shenmue 3 should probably just button it all up and not show the game until two months before it comes out at this point because people can't handle it yeah like it's it's I, looking I, pretty rough though but all games at that point in development look rough. Yeah. They all look like that. I, I mean, don't know. I think that one might be an exception. Well, I'm I'm seeing the developers I know look at the look at those Shenmue, that Shenmue stuff and they're like, yeah, it looks like our game too. It's our game is also two years out or one yeah. year out or whatever. And they're the ones who make the games. They would know. We don't see that shit all that. But every time I see stuff like that early, like yeah, it's real. I played a couple of things. You know, that were pre-alpha for a couple of marketing things I did a couple years ago. And it was, if you'd seen this game, and I can't even say what game it was. Yeah. But if you'd seen this thing back then, you would have, you would have been horrified. Like, it, yeah. it's, it, like they, get, they start real fucking rough. They come together. Sometimes it's a miracle. Ask, ask the guys who worked Rockstar San Diego and made Red Dead Redemption, the first Red Dead Redemption, like how many weeks before ship that game looked like a finished product. Well, that game in particular was mired in, and it, right? And I mean, even when it came out, it didn't look like a finished product to be to be. But honest, it's a, but it was a really good game, and everybody has a good well, positive opinion it of was. it now. Yeah, I mean, now it's been patched eighty times. Or whatever. I mean, the 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 only lasting, you know, effect of the messiness and the and the chaos of the development of that game is that the code is a little too rickety to do a remaster of. Right. Um, which is a pretty small price to pay. Which is actually kind of a big deal in today's day and age. But... Well, yeah, well, no one could really predict that, I guess. Yeah. But like, uh... but I think one thing I would say is that, you know, we've both talked to a ton of developers over the years, and we're friends with developers. I think one thing I would say is that a lot of developers are not 
fans of the fans. Mm-hmm. Like, I've talked to a lot of developers, and they're like, you know, we view a lot of the interaction we have to do with fans as an unfortunate side effect of our jobs. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of developers hate NeoGAF, but they know that they have to go and interact there. Otherwise, it looks like they're running and hiding. Or Yeah, well, there's a famous Cliff Blazinski tweet from years ago where he sa- basically says, like, by the way, almost every developer I know, and I know hundreds, thinks NeoGAF is a whole bunch of C words. Oh, really? Like, like, that's, that's true, though. I mean... Oh, yeah. I mean, NeoGAF is, tends to be seen as kind of uh, a cesspool, which is funny because, really, it's not even as nearly as bad as it gets. At least yeah. not anymore. Like... They they are, they can be you know NeoGAF can be a very negative sort of like you know very little patience with flaws or, or or mixed messaging but like I mean you can find fourteen worse things on Reddit yeah, <laughs> about I'm the sure. same game yeah. on that same day you know yeah um, it's just it's not you know NeoGAF used to be more of the wild west and now like the the anonymous comment sites are even crazier yeah. Um, I mean, I don't blame them for feeling that way. No, it, it can be, you know, it's very hard to have your 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 product or your art or your ego touch the masses in the end. You know, um, although I have, I have part, to say, though, mo- I have it? to say, most developers like they're when they say that they're talking about kind of mass interaction, like interaction with like large kind of the large groups or large forums or large Twitter followings. Whereas like a lot of the same people will say when I'm demoing my game to individuals at PAX oh, or something. Oh, for sure, yeah. You know, even if general really public... just talking about like, social media. When you're talking about like demoing your game to a, an actual human being who might even be the same annoying person online, like it's a different interaction. It's a different experience. Well, and they, most they developers Suddenly their that, balls are gone because they're standing eye to eye with you someone. You have to actually behave like a, <laughs> like human, a human being, being. with yeah, someone. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And most developers will tell you that they love showing their... I mean, oh, other sure. than how tiring, because it is tiring to go through the same spiel over and over and over again. But it's fun well, I, to I see the, people get their hands on these things and is. give you real feedback. I use the wrong word. It's not that they hate the fans. The mm. fans they love. It's the people who are trying to dig at them that they hate. Mm-hmm. Who will ultimately end up buying their game anyway. So... <laughs> <laughs> and it can have cost. I mean, there was the guy. Uh, I'm sure you saw the the guy who was going to get hired at 343. He's a fan, like on one of their oh, forums, yeah, that, yeah. and they ended up like rescinding the job because someone dug up an old. Which was, I mean, it was kind of a dick move to dig up this old forum post to try to get this guy's job ruined. But it, it was an old thing where he basically said, "No one at 343 deserves their jobs." Yeah. And like on one hand, like, I mean, I can kind of see why you see that and be like, "Well, maybe we don't." want to have that guy working with us. No, I mean, I could understand why they would It's not constructive criticism. No, exactly. No, I can see why 343 would be like, oh, we don't want you here. If if you're not down with us, you don't have the spirit Mm -hmm. of our company or whatever. But to the person who went and dug up that post, you're the worst. (laughs) You are the worst. Whoever did that, man, that is just scummy. Oh, yeah. Man, that is rough. But that's... And I think, look... Those people that do that kind of stuff, not just on NeoGAF, but all over the internet, on social media and whatnot, that's what the developers are talking about. Those mm-hmm. people. Those angry, vindictive, like, do whatever they can to try to embarrass somebody in public people. Yeah. Um, and unfortunately, it's like with everything else, those are the people who tend to speak up the most. The people who are happy just sit and say, that's good. I like that. Yeah, happy people don't tend to say And they go on their way. Much. And they go do something else that makes them happy. Yeah, they go play the game. Right. Yeah, or they play some <laughs> other game that they like. And, uh... So, yeah, I, you know, I feel like... But um, I, I do know multiple developers. I mean, Charles is very outspoken, and he, he, you know, he'll say whatever he, he felt like it was time to say. Yeah. Uh, but I know tons of developers who are mortified of, of speaking out in that regard 
because they don't know what's going to happen. Right. You know, there's no, there's no, no telling what the. But he's right. <laughs> yeah. Charles is right. Yeah. I mean, he, he's absolutely right. I think the bigger issue here is that the time that the developers are taking away from actually making the game to deal with toxicity. There was this other issue that popped up this week about all these Nintendo Switch fans piling on developers for the stupid icon that all appears right, on pass. the home screen of the Switch. I had to, because I saw there was a, a thread on NeoGAF where people were like, let's make... It was actually, a, a, the thread started, I guess, with the guy who started the thread said, the, the new icon pisses me off. And... Another thread was started where they said, "Where this, they said, like, let's start photoshopping terrible Switch game icons to annoy that guy." Like, and so it became like you know weird zooming in and slightly off. I mean, it was super weird and subtle. And I was looking through this thread because I hadn't seen the Snake Pass icon thread, and I'm like, I don't get it. Like, what? What is this? So I had to do like. Google research oh, to God. figure out what the problem with this icon, <laughs> and I guess the problem was the old icon like showed the full snake and had the title, and it looked more like uniform. Who cares? And then the, and then the new icon was just like a zoomed-in shot of the snake's face, and people thought it looked like a mobile game like icon. Who cares? Gamers, ah, my head is just gonna explode over. Crap and the same like this. thing happened with Steam World Dig too this week, where they where the like they they had a their icon went up and like. Maybe it was a couple weeks ago, but like the icon basically kind of is, is like said SD2 or whatever, and had like a weird thing, and people were like, "It sucks," and the the developers were about ready to be like, like fire off like a like a like a screed about how annoying that was that people cared about the icon and not the actual game. Yeah. But the art director kind of was like, "Well, oh, maybe we shouldn't." So he designed another uh, icon for it, and they put it up on the Twitter like, "What do you think of this icon?" Everybody liked it, so they replaced it. Meanwhile, the Snake Pass developers say that they are not going to put the old icon back. That this is their new icon and everybody has to deal with it. And it's just like... <laughs> this is my point. Games These, need to come out now yeah. because apparently we all have nothing to do. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. You are taking time away from them making the game better over petty <laughs> bullcrap. Well, we, we just had the same, you know, that same thing with the Overwatch. You know, Blizzard was talking about that too. It's like yeah. we're dealing with toxic players so much that we're... Taking time away we can't from making work on the game. The game. Good. It's like leave them alone. Let them make games. Shut up. <laughs> Seriously, <laughs> just shut up. And I never tell anybody that these people need to shut up and leave them alone and let them do their jobs, so the rest of us can enjoy a better video game. Who doesn't? Who do not care about petty bullcrap? Bottom line. Yeah, because Shane Cold said so. <laughs> <laughs> And on that note, we'll move on to our next topic. So this has been brewing for a while. And boy, did it ever percolate over the last week. We've been talking about uh, Player Unknown's Battlegrounds clones for a month or more. Mm. That they were coming. One's here now. Fortnite Battle Royale mode uh, has been launched. It's free. Whereas the rest of the game actually costs money. For now. Right. Eventually, the whole thing's going free to play. Mm -hmm. But right now, if you want to play all the other parts of Fortnite, you have to pay. If you want to play the Battle Royale mode, it's free. Which I guess is what we're going to call this now? Is that what the, that mode's going to be now? I mean, look, that's it should be called that. I mean, I mean it makes this sense. This all yeah. comes from the Japanese film Battle Royale. It deserves to have a gaming genre named after it if they're going to rip off that concept and make a genre. So... I'm totally fine with calling it Battle Royale. So I th see. I think when they when they finally make the uh, you know they have announced it, but they're making a uh, an all women ver all girl version of Lord of the Flies. 
you make a game like this out of it. <laughs> then it's going to happen. I guarantee it. And, and you'd be stupid if, like, you're one of those indie studios that just kind of makes, like, marketing games. Like, you'd be dumb not to make a game yeah. like that going forward. Um, so this week, <laughs> Blue Hole, which is the developer behind PUBG, basically went on a tirade against Epic Games over mm-hmm. this mode. Like, I guess it's, yeah, so it's become clear that the their issue isn't that people are using their mode in their own games. The issue is that it was Epic that did it. It's not so clear to me. Like, I, I feel like... Well, that's what like, they're saying. Right, that's what they're saying. And at first, that's not really what they were saying. It's like only after people started coming at them and being like, you can't really copyright a mode, bro. Right. Then they clarified and said, well, really... So you think because they found out, basically, they have no legal leg to stand on, that yeah, they like, kind of shifted When we it. talked about this before, I think I said, like, they'd be an idiot to not do their due diligence. Obviously, mm-hmm. they've done... And I and now, ultimately, I think they did not do their due diligence. I think they could go out... They thought they could go out there and say, throw their weight around and be mm-hmm. like, hey, you're stealing our mode, we're going to have problems. Well... No, they weren't going to have problems no. for that. If you could do that, uh, there would have not have been nearly as many Mario clones in the Or anything era. else. Like, you could just go on and on about it. Or death. we'd still be playing Doom Deathmatch. Right, exactly. And that's the only game we could right. ever play. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, think about the, the logic that they had in their heads thinking about this. It's yeah. insane. So then they come back or and Or, like, they, look, um, I have two words for you on that one. Rock band. Right, yeah, yeah, exactly. If Activision could have shut that down, don't you think they would have? Yeah, well, I mean, Konami could have shut Activision down. From Guitar Freak. Guitar right. Freak in the arcade beforehand. Or, but... or the, you know, 2015 guys make Metal of Honor Allied Assault <laughs> and then go make Call of Duty. It's, it's like, like I said, it, we, can just not... go, we can just go on and on. It's how, so, it's how this medium works, right. folks. So then they pivot and they say, oh, no, what we were really upset about was the fact that Epic used the name of our game to promote its new mode. Like, it literally, apparently in some marketing materials, either it was like a developer doc or... Said some, it's like PUBG. It said, they said it's like PUBG. How do you feel about that? I feel like that's actually a, like a pretty good complaint. Yeah? Like, I feel like that's... Like, like, I it's mean, a more understandable complaint. I feel like that, that's like... You're, it, fe- it makes it feel a lot more like you're cashing in on this other person's successful idea. You're absolutely doing Yeah, that. you're trying to get the people who play PUBG to be like, oh, did I hear... Player unknowns battlegrounds yeah. and like and it's like it's and one it's thing. Free? I mean, it's one thing if you like in like movies do that where they'll use like a critics like quote where they're like, right. if you loved whatever, you'll love this right. kind of thing. But usually, you don't make it the actual tagline, right? The actual marketing <laughs> copy, you yeah. know? Like it's it. Well, I, I don't think they did that in this. Like case I, don't, I still don't think they have a like a leg to stand on, yeah. really. But like. I, I get what they're saying there. I, I, I feel like that's not a, a complaint that's without me. It, I mean, it's probably not like a, a, an actionable thing, but it's definitely kind of a... A little bit of a... kind of a cheap A little move. bit of a dick move. Yeah. But, but here's the problem that Blue Hole has, is that it made the game with Unreal, Unreal. Engine. Yeah. <laughs> it's like you, so you can't it, totally alienate Epic because they're <laughs> your support team. So let there, me get yeah. this right. You couldn't even make this video game if it weren't for <laughs> Epic. And now you're pissed off they mentioned the name of your game somewhere? It's like, I, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, really what it's coming down to is I think Blue Hole is starting to feel a little threatened by it. Like, also this week, Blue Hole formed like a separate corporation just for mm-hmm. player unknown battlegrounds. There's words that Tencent from China is thinking about acquiring part of the company now. And I think all this... That'd be big for them. It would be. Yeah. It would totally penetrate China for them. But I think what's happening is they knew all this stuff was going on behind the scenes with Tencent and all, mm-hmm. and all this stuff. 
And now they're like, oh, wait, like, what if this stuff starts getting circulated through the press and Tencent suddenly doesn't want to buy part of our company? Or don't want to buy it for as much. Right. Yeah. It, could it could devalue you. the company. And that's why I think it's taken this stance and it's put up this wall and say, this is our genre and you can't steal our genre. And now you're, oh, you're mentioning our game's name. It's like, dude, every interview I've ever done with a game developer, that developer has mentioned some other game. Mm -hmm. Always. It's like, well, we have this one part that's kind of like this. And we have this other part that's kind of, yeah, have you ever played blah, blah? Like, that's just yeah. the way it is. It's like if Nintendo didn't come after de other developers for saying Mario 64. Right, or whatever. Right. A million different things. Like, it's it's ludicrous in my opinion. Like, what Blue Hole is doing is ludicrous. And I think now that we're starting to see more details come out about it, I think their motivations are starting to become more clear. Yeah, you're probably right. I still think that, like, if, you know, if Epic really was mentioning, like, hey, if you like this other thing, like, you should play this thing for free. You know, that, <laughs> for free. It's, it's a little... It's yeah, a uh, look, little skeezy. I agree. I agree. Um, I agree 100%. But but I think you're probably... Like, when you when you bring up the, the, the 10 cent thing and all, I think you're probably right. Like, they... they the PUBG guys know that they got to get their money. They got to get while the getting's yeah, good. They, they got to get paid. Yep. <laughs> and, uh, I mean, they're doing fine. Obviously, they're doing fine. Yeah, they're yeah. the biggest success story of the year in the industry, I think. Yeah. I think that's fair to say. Yeah, for sure. Um, but, you know, with the money they're making from income on that ain't nothing compared to what they could make in a buyout. Oh, I know. And they also have to think about what if Epic just pulls the license? Like they're, <laughs> seriously, they're and they got to remake it in another engine. Right, yeah. they're being so short-sighted and stupid. It just seemed like a total knee-jerk reaction to like, oh my god, they're going to ruin this deal that we got going on behind yeah. the scenes. I don't and, see Epic. Do, I feel like Epic would just sort yeah. of pat them on the head. No, and, no, and, they're not gonna. Go, yeah, yeah, yeah. But the point is, Blue Hole is is playing with fire here. Like, I'm yeah. sure there was a call at some point where Epic was like, bro, <laughs> let's have a heart to heart real quick here, because. You don't really want to get dirty with us over this mm -hmm. because it could totally pull the license. It would be done to because it's making money off of every copy sold. But if push came to shove, yeah. Epic has the rights for that and it could do whatever it wants. So you smear them too hard, Epic, yeah. Epic has no won't stand for it. And Epic has plenty of lawyers to fight it. Yeah, I mean it's to me it's a losing proposition. PUBG Blue Hole, stay in your lane. You're making yeah. tons of money. You're doing fine. You're doing great. Just keep. Working on your game and making it better. And don't worry about what the other people are doing. Yeah, just don't just even worry about it. Stay the course. Get that paper. Yeah. And, you know, live it. Yeah. Like, 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 I don't get you're it. In a, you're in a great place right now. Even if people are start trying to ride the coattails, you're still the original. You're still millions and millions of copies ahead of any of your competition. Like, get there and then complain in the autobiography later. Yeah, exactly. You know? Like, I, I don't see... Save it for the memoirs. Yeah, I don't see any game ever topping this game in this, for this mode. This mode is not going to... It would take years. To, it is not going to be that big that some other game is going to be able to come along right. and beat, like, 8 million copies in, like, five months. Right, like, and I think if, if it does, it would, be a, it would be a marathon, and it would be like a, it'd be like a thing where, like, the PS3 or the 3 eventually outsold the 360. Yep. And, you know, four years after everybody stopped paying attention to that generation. It'd be, it'd be a long-haul thing. Yep. And by that point, hopefully, the PUBG guy, the core PUBG guys, will have gotten their rewards yep. for making this thing. Yep. So, I don't think that song is over. I hope it is. It should be, but I don't think it is. I think we're going to This kind of thing it. does tend to linger. It does, yep. Especially if Fortnite's mode becomes successful, which it does look like it's a on... Million a million players in players. one day. That's a lot. That's Destiny numbers. It's free. It's free. Of course it's free. And it's try. on a console. I, look, I'll be honest. I tr I've never played PUBG. I tried this because it's free. Yeah. And, and it's I'm on curious. a console too. And I'll admit, but I will say this. Um, 
I don't quite like how Fortnite feels, yeah. really. And I mean, like, I don't kind... really like how PUBG feels no, either, to be honest. But it kind like... of made me, like, the next, if PUBG drops 10 bucks in some sale at some point, I'll probably get it now. Yeah. Because I like this a lot, but I felt like it wasn't quite how I wanted it. But, like, considering... I mean, look, the... Fortnite's the by far the more polished game, I'll say that much, but... There's some kind of a vibe that PUBG has, mm -hmm. and there's a certain appeal to that. Um, and this has a feel, too, but it's not a good feel. Yeah. That's the problem with Fortnite. It's a crappy feel. Right. But I, but I, it's like, I mean, I understood the appeal already. I just didn't want to pay 40 bucks for it. But, like, yeah. playing this again, I'm like, I get it. I, I, I totally get it. Now. Yep. Um, am I going to pick this as my game of the year? No. Yeah. But, like, I totally get why people would consider it. I also think Blue Hole is... is a little intimidated because Fortnite is on a console already. Yeah. And PUBG's not. And we don't really know when it is coming to... Yeah, you got, you, I mean, I do see the concern of, like, oops, suddenly PlayStation 4 owners have an option. Yeah. Kind of, you know, like, and part of, their, part of their value may be value to Microsoft. Yep. You know, we don't know. We Absolutely don't know what that deal right. is. Yep. All right, let's move on to our last topic of episode 104. Hopefully not our last topic mm. ever for Game Face. That would really blow. But, uh... We're going to talk about the SNES Classic. So, Matt, before we get into the grand finale, which we won't mm -hmm. spoil, let's talk about getting them. Right. So, the first thing I want to say is I got a, a direct message on Sifted today from Mike's Q, which is one of our users, and he said that he waited in line last night and got an extra one, mm -hmm. and that if I could not get one, that he would be willing to give me his extra. So... Mike's Q, you are awesome. Thank you very much. And I just have to say that I never would have even considered sending a user uh, at Game Trailers money, ah. trusting that person to then send me the product that they promised me. And I would have no reservations doing that with one of our CIFID users, just to kind of show the cultural shift that has happened from going to a massive mega site to something a little more personal on Sifted. But uh, that was encouraging. But I have a crazy story. I know I've said on the show that I gave up. I didn't care. I was not going to try to get an SNES Classic again. Well, last night, I folded. <laughs> hmm. I saw that uh, Think Geek had, put out, had issued a tweet saying, we are going to have SNES Classics on sale, unbundled, tonight at midnight Pacific, on our website. And I was like, okay. <laughs> I didn't search for it. I saw it. All on my own organically, I'm like, all right, I'll set my cell phone to 11.55 to, so I can get to the page and I can sit there and refresh and try to get one. I'll do it for five or ten minutes. If I don't, no big loss. So 11.55 rolls around. I go to my computer. I sit there. I actually start refreshing at around 11.57 because you don't know what their clock's like. I'm sitting there refreshing, 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 refreshing. Nothing, 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 nothing. I do this for... Until it's 10 after midnight. Mm. And I'm like, what the hell, man? I was so <laughs> mad. And then I felt mad at myself. Because I'm like, I said I wasn't going to do this. And I did it anyway. And uh, finally, I was like, screw it. I'm going to look at Wario's 64's Twitter feed. So yep. I went and looked at Wario's 64. And he had started popping up links. like He was up all night <laughs> doing it. He's crazy. He really is crazy. But at first, it was like, here's GameStop. But... Don't go to the product page. Click buy it from the, the search re results page, mm -hmm. and you'll be able to get it. And he's like, 
And then that died like immediately. Like literally, I click on the link. It was 11 seconds old. It said 11 S. Mm -hmm. And I click on it, and the whole site was just crashed. Awari64 was ruining many a website last night. It's insane. And then he, uh, he, he kept like listing other sites like Target. He's like, go to Target. He's like, but don't like... He's like he listed the exact search terms you needed to use to actually pull up the page that would work. I went there, actually put up the product page that said there was product available. I click on buy it, no. I refresh it, site crashes. So I go back and I look at Think Geek. Still, it's just the same splash page sitting there. I'm like, what the hell? At this point, it's like 12:15, 12:20. I'm like, I struck out again. I'm not getting mm. one. And uh, I went one last time, refresh Wario64's page. And it, he had, like, a bit.ly link there that somehow jumped past that landing page and went straight to where you could buy the SNES Classic. Because he's a damn retail ninja. It's insane. It really is insane. I don't know how he does it, how he finds these pages. So I click on it. It's there. It pops up on my screen, and it's, like, in stock. Purchase now. I click on it. I go to purchase. Everything is working fine. Go to hit, like, the... I put my credit card information and everything, my, my shipping address and everything, click su submit, and a message pops up, wait while our caffeine monkeys or whatever, mm -hmm. and it never goes away. And I'm like, ah! Think Geek has stability problems even in the best of uh, times, let I was, alone... I was like, oh my god, it's the closest I ever got. I go back to his page again, I click the link again, the page pops back up, like, I click, like, submit, I want it, I want it, Nothing happens. It just goes through a 503 error. And that's just what continues to happen. And I'm like, I, I didn't get it. So, mm -hmm. close out all those tabs where I try to do it over and over again. I get to my first original page that was still sitting there with that message up about the caffeine monkeys. And I'm just like, why not? I click back. I click back. It goes back to the other page. And now, I have four of them <laughs> in my cart, Matt. Four. And I was like... Because it said, like, one per customer. You can't get more mm -hmm. than one. And I was like, there's four, and the total is, like, 350 some dollars. And I, was, I tried to go back and take them out of my cart, and I got another error. I hit forward really quickly. It got back to that page, and I was like, screw it. And I clicked submit, and it went through. <laughs> That's what I did to try to get one of these damn things. After saying I was over it, I wasn't going to do it. You bought four of them. I, but I thought I, I, I didn't even know, Matt. Uh, the one thing I forgot to leave out was one of the other times when I when I had one in the cart and was ready to buy it, I clicked submit and it rejected my credit card. Mm. My credit card said no because every time I was trying to buy one, the one part of the process that was working was it was sending the request to my credit card company. Mm. So my credit card company thought someone was like defraudulently trying to like charge my card or whatever. So anyway, I think I buy four of them. I don't get a confirmation email about it or anything. Um... I do get, like, the receipt, so I, like, print it out right away. I'm like, I'm going to have proof that, like, I got this thing or whatever. Go to bed. I wake up this morning, and I have an email from Think Geek where they say your order was, I don't know what the exact verbiage was they used, basically saying, like, you jimmied us or, like, <laughs> you, you did something wrong. And it said that they removed three of them from my order, and it said you will not be charged for them. But it never showed me an invoice showing that I actually got one. So mm -hmm. as of right now... I really have no idea if I got one or not. All right. Well, uh, so I had mine pre-ordered at Best Buy for store pickup like a month ago, like yeah. a while ago. And I also had one pre-ordered at Amazon for, uh, for Benson because he was asleep when that went live. Yeah. 
Uh, Benson's an old co-worker of ours from G4. Yeah, Marvel. and um, who watches this show? Some you'll see him in the chat sometimes. What's his chat name? Uh, grenade artist. Speak up, grenade artist. I don't know if he's here today. <laughs> but um, so the so the Best Buy thing was fun. So the Amazon thing was interesting because I think Wario sixty four confirmed this as well. What Amazon did is that my my Amazon order still says like we don't know when this is coming to you. And I guess what Amazon has done is if you ordered it on the website, you're going to get it shipped in one of the later shipments through October. And they use all their their launch day copies of it are all went to their treasure truck and like Amazon like locker pickup places. So if you want want it from Amazon today, you basically have to you had to get it from the treasure truck or the locker pickup locations and they're all gone. Um, so but I had the Best Buy pickup. Uh, thing for the store already, so I went over to to go get it around the time it was going to open, and I got there, and there were like probably 150 people already in line waiting for the store to open. Dang! Uh, and so I go up, and I go wait in line, and I'm like looking around, and like and like I, I, I stand, stood there like 10 minutes, and suddenly like other stuff happened. I had to go do something. Basically, I had to do other stuff. Yeah. Like I was like, ah, I can't. And then I'm like, you know what? It's always it's going to be there no matter what. I might as well go do what I need to do, and then come back later. So, and when I left, the line had, like, doubled. There were, like, 300 people there. Easy. Those and people so, should have just got out of line and went somewhere else. No, they all, like, you went up and you went to get a thing, and if they, they gave you a piece of paper, like, a flyer with they a number on it. They had that many? They had about 300, wow. I think. They, they, the numbers were in the two or three hundreds that I saw. Wow. And it's, apparently they had them for everybody. And they had, a, they had a high, giant pile over on the side later when I went in. So I went in later, around 1030, and every, the line was gone. Everybody had gone in and stuff. And I just walked up to the, the pickup counter and I gave him, you know, gave him the ID and they gave me the thing. It was already paid for. Cool. And I looked over and everybody's in line over on the Geek Squad customer service section and they're all getting, you can see like a giant stack of them all with the little numbers on them mm -hmm. and they're handing them out. So they're, but they're, they were sold out. They were all gone. There weren't any extras. So that was it. And so I picked it up and I got out and that was that. And, and uh, now... We're going to unbox yeah. it live on Game Face. But there is one more interesting thing about this this uh, system uh, that I didn't tell you before. Uh, I went, I got it, and I got home, and I went online, and I checked my uh, my app on Amazon, and I went to the Westwood Amazon locker, and I picked this up from them. So this is actually yours. Wait, what? This is the second copy I got from an Amazon locker in Westwood. Not my Best Buy copy. This is the second one. So if you want this one, that one's yours. But what happens if I got one? Cancel it. Or sell it off or give it away or whatever. Awesome! But here, I figured you should have it today so you can use it on the stream tomorrow. Wow! Right? So, we're actually, so we're actually unboxing your Super Wow! Well, I'll let you unbox it. I'm going to crack... Because <laughs> I haven't opened mine either. Okay. So I don't actually know what's... what's I mean, I know what's in it, but I haven't done All it. All right, I'm going to crack one of our cameras off the sticks so everyone can get a better view of this. I'm mute, muting you while you move. All okay. right, so he's moving around. It's a pretty good box. It's actually smaller than I thought it would be. Um, so, uh... I don't know. I have nothing to say about this. It's a piece of. It's a. I will say that um, a lot of people have been upset that they did the uh, the usual uh, U.S. version for this, and I do think I like the Super Famicom version of the system better, but I like the Super Nintendo version of the controllers better. Uh, the purple is not beautiful, but I like the concave and convex differential differentiating between the, uh, the between the buttons. On the back, we have all our little all the games. Oh yeah, let me find the. All the games. Missing 
two of the games I think are required in any Super Nintendo uh, collection, which is Chrono Trigger and Actraiser. But hey, it's not too bad. There's a lot of classics on there. Crack okay. it open. So we'll just open that up. What's a good section? Of sound? Hey, come on. It's so little. Yeah, well. The box it came in, when you first brought it in, I was like, that thing's like puny. It's like smaller than a lunchbox. Technology gets smaller, you know. <laughs> what we got? This is our warranty and some kind of. So this is instructions in all different languages. On the back and on the front, we've got. Uh, a now you're playing with power. Superpower. The old slogan. Pretty cool. And here we have uh, cords. Comes with an HDMI cable, right? Yeah, I think so. Where? Yeah, that'd be under. So here are the controllers. There's your HDMI controller. There's, or, there's the HDMI. These are the USB. Down he goes. <laughs> There's our one of our controllers with its ridiculously short cord. Yeah, pull off the plastic off of that so we can see how long or short it is. Twist ties everywhere. More plastic for the ocean. So, not about... Oh, it's way longer than the NES. It's longer though. than the NES Classic, but it's still not as long as like an actual old school control. I mean, I think this is a, a, at least, maybe half, at most it's two-thirds as long as an actual Super Nintendo controller's cord. Unless you had the Japanese one. Yeah. I have yeah. a Japanese Super NES, and the cord's literally like a foot and a half long. Feels about the same size to me. I think it's basically the same thing. And here's the tiny little system, which used to be the size of a phone book, and if you even remember what a phone book looks like, and now it's a tiny little, look at that, it's, that is adorable. The eject button doesn't actually do anything. So, oh wait, so all the buttons don't work? The reset and the, and the power work, but the eject button is, doesn't do anything. And the, obviously the cartridge thing doesn't open. Set it next to the controller there. And the controller is pretty much a full-sized. Yeah, this, I think this is about the same size as the original. Yeah, I don't know. I used the uh, the ASCII. I think it was like the big ones with the turbo settings, and everything, the six face buttons. I almost never used the the vanilla Super Nintendo controller. Grab your uh, Coke can and set it next to it. That's one thing everyone can kind of uh, get a good gauge from. Yeah, it's about uh, just a tad taller than a Coke can. Wow, that's crazy. And it's light. There's nothing. There's nothing in, in it. Really good... Uh, I mean, they could have made it even way smaller. Really good rubber on the... On the feet? On the feet. Look, oh, like, yeah, yeah. You can't get it to It stays slide. right there. There's no... It's good. Side to side, it's a little bit. But it's... Yeah, that's good. And uh, fake controller ports. Oh, wait. Let me zoom in on that. These are just molded. There's nothing here. And then the controller ports go in on the other side? Yeah, they go... And they're uh, just USB, I'm guessing. Yeah. Yeah, there you can see the 
HDMI input there with, and the and the H and the uh, USB. So there's only one USB port. Looks like it. Actually, where is that going? Okay, so let me see the. Where does this go? Maybe you do need the instructions after all. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I see. Ah, so there are pills. That's pretty clever. Yeah. So you pop that little plate off the front, and then that's where they go in. There you go. Clever, Nintendo. Yeah. Cool. Is there anything else in the box? Nope. Just cardboard. And another controller, right? Yeah. It comes with two controllers. Two controllers, so you can play Secret of Mana with a friend. Although I can't, I think there was a three-player mode in that. Yeah. In there. There aren't many multiplayer games really though in this, is there? Uh, it's Mario Kart and um, F Zero, I guess. Um, let me see. Yeah, I guess that's about it. Yeah, that's what I thought. And unfortunately, it's Street a closed, Fighter. Well, it's a closed. Yeah. According to Nintendo, it's a closed system, but... Yeah, I'd give that a week. Yeah. <laughs> I'd give it a week before you can reflash it to put the uh, stuff you, you missed on it. And there it is. The SNES Classic. U.S. Edition. Because yeah. Europe gets the Japanese one, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah, so, so this is the only country where we get... And I will admit that our Super Nintendo is much uglier than the Japanese one, but... And I believe this looks like... This looks like the same connector as on a Wii. Let me a see Wii it there. Which makes me wonder if I could use my Pro Controller. That's a good question, actually. That is some proprietary something or other right yeah. there, man. <laughs> I don't even know what that is. Wow. All right, well, there you go, party people. The SNES Classic. You might be able to find one, but probably not. Good luck. Yep. Alright, yeah. so that's going to take us to our trailer of the week. I'm going to toss to the trailer of the week without sitting down for the first time in Game Face history. In fact, I'm going to come over here. I'm going to be a mass camera. Our trailer of the week this week, you would think it might be for Red Dead Redemption 2. But in fact, it's not. Instead, we chose the first ever cinema for Star Wars Battlefront 2. About time. The Emperor is dead. So what happens now? We retaliate, Commander. The Empire will assault the very foundation of the Rebels' pathetic belief in themselves. Tell me, Aiden. What is the source of their belief? Hope. Hmm. Correct. This messenger's presence is a great honor, one I choose to share with my daughter. Operation Cinder is to begin at once. Resistance, rebellion, defiance. These are concepts that cannot be allowed to persist. You are but one of many tools by which these ideas shall be burned away. Heed my messenger. He shall relate you to your target. 
Operation Cinder is the last command of our Emperor, and the first step in securing our future. Inferno is crucial to its success. What's our target? You are not verified. That information can wait. For now. Here are next assignments. They are unusual. But these are unusual times. Go, Commander. Do what you do best. That was encouraging. Yeah, looks good. I mean, no gameplay really, but that's okay. I mean, I think that it served its purpose. It's saying, right. "Hey, we're doing cutscenes now." Hey, there's characters, and, and they things. look pretty good. Yeah, I'm very interested. If you've been following like the the non movie continuity uh, that's going on right now, uh, that the the red like droid with the holographic face that gives the Operation Cinder orders, yeah. like that is basically verbatim from one of the comics where another. High, high level Imperial was given the same speech from the rope, basically. And, like, it's kind of cool that, like, they're actually finally bringing sort of that everything is canon continuity into play outside of the movies. And, like, this looks, this looks pretty good to me. Yeah, I think it looks real good. I'm pretty excited. Uh, let's see if you guys got any questions. And get your questions in now, by the way. I forgot to mention that before we tossed to the trailer. Oh, there was uh, somebody asked something, like, halfway through the show, and I can't remember who it was now. But um, they had to leave, and they said, "Remember that." And it was, uh, if this is the last game, if it all if it all goes to hell, will there still be a way to watch the old episodes? Yes. Um, I can't hmm. remember who asked that. Maybe was it Swanson? Uh, S. J. Swanland. Yeah, someone else asked Swanland? for him. Actually, yeah, they, they were it. looking out for you. Uh, and the question is. In case this is the last game phase, can somebody ask at the end of the stream if Sifty yeah. goes, yeah. will there be a way to watch old videos like Game Phase, Bad Dudes, etc.? Uh, hmm. Well, we've been putting everything on YouTube for a while, um, and those are all unlisted now, but it'd be very easy for us to go back and make those public. So. All that stuff, yeah. Everything that's been produced in the last six months, that'll be easy for us to make public if it, if it comes to that. The earlier stuff, that's a little more tricky because the first year plus of content is living on our servers. And um, if we were to have to close everything down, obviously we're not going to completely eliminate the site. We're going to leave the community up for you guys, the forums and stuff, so you guys can kind of stay together as a community. But we would need to take all the stuff off the servers because it's, it costs a lot of money just to have them sitting there. So that might be a process. Um, I can't promise anything. Uh, certainly not as far as time is concerned. Uh, it would be something I would hope I could eventually get to as far as getting up those old episodes uh, up onto YouTube. But it wouldn't happen overnight. So if it were to come to that where we'd have to kind of shut things down, um, all the stuff from this year would probably be available immediately. And then everything from before that, it'd probably take a while. It'd be like a trickle because that, that stuff would all have to be uploaded to YouTube. And also the archives that we have are like full res, like huge files. Um, so it would be a bit of a process. But, you know, it's something I've busted my butt on for a long time. So if it comes to that, that would be something I would have some motivation to do. You don't want something that you 
killed yourself working on for years and years to just disappear into the ether. So uh, it's something that I'd certainly uh, give consideration to. Um, uh, Mitchell is alive asks, we've talked a lot about influencer on the influencers on the show. Is there any YouTubers that you guys appreciate, admire, consider a cut above and trustworthy? The rad Brad. I love him. Um, he's a very humble guy. He has a really good eye for the games to play. He's very respectful of his audience. He, his commentary is not, he's not just looking for attention with his commentary. His gameplay is always full screen and the quality of his gameplay is really good. Um, he's probably my favorite mm -hmm. of all the YouTubers. Um, I mean, I like Jim Sterling even when I don't agree with him. Like, I think he's entertaining. I don't consider him a YouTuber, though, because he worked in the traditional yeah. industry for so long. I mean, I can understand why you would but say that's that. That's what he does now. I yeah. mean, and uh, I think he does a good job of it. Uh, I like Super Bunny Hop. Um, I think he's got good insights on things for the most part. Uh, and even when I disagree with him, I see where he's coming from. And he's also a really good editor. He, he uses good footage, I think. Uh, I mean, most, mo actually, most of my YouTuber-like content that I consume is um, movie-related. Uh, there's a bunch of really great movie guys out there. Movies with Mikey is uh, a pretty positive thing uh, out there, and he's got he does a lot of funny like edit stuff on that. Um, and I like Movie Bob a lot, who used to be on. Uh... Oh, now I don't remember. He's been on a couple things. He's moved around outlets a lot, but he does uh, a series called uh, Really That Good on his YouTube channel, which are long-form, like, 30-minute to an hour-long examinations of kind of classic... And by classic, I mean, like, movies we watched when we were kids right. growing up. Ghostbusters, The Donner Superman. He just did Transformers, the movie. So the series is as a kind of a, a counterpoint to how negative most YouTube, you know, stuff tends to be. Like, you know, just like, you know, like the Angry Joe model or the Angry right. Video Game Nerd model. Um, it's basically like we're lo he's looking at these things we consider classics and trying to like really dig into them and figure out from a thematic and kind of zeitgeist era like, like angle, are they really as good as we think they are, or are they just sort of tinged by rose-colored glasses? Usually the answer is yes, they yeah. are that good. <laughs> um, but he does really good, insightful uh, like explications of, of what they were, what they meant at the time, what they mean now, and why or why not. Those should be things we consider to be valid. And uh, I think it's really it's a really good example of positive comment, critique and commentary that doesn't have to be boring. That said, the next one he's doing is for one time only going to be really that bad, and it's going to be Batman versus Superman. Oh jeez! And I'm, I <laughs> he actually did an 18 minute preview of oh, why gosh. he's doing it that way. It's not about Batman versus Superman, but it's about why he chose to do that because he wants it to be a positive series. He's like, this time I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it one time. I'm doing that, but he, he has some really good uh, ideas and really good insights on things if you can take his Boston accent, which I can. So. All right. And look, when you said YouTubers, I'm, I started immediately, I just thought about like Let's Players. So mm. if there's one Let's Player I like, it's the Rad Brad, but there's other YouTube channels I love. Like Eric's Gaming does really good stuff. He concentrates on just a few games, but he dives in really deep and gives you a lot of really good information about them. So he's another guy that I appreciate. Mm. Um, obviously, like the Did You Know Gaming folks, right, they're that's good. Really good. There's tons of great YouTube channels, but when you say YouTuber, that sort of engenders a certain mm -hmm. type of content to see, me. I, see, I think of like that as you, you those people as you, like people like Jim or people like uh, H Bomber guy or whatever as YouTubers yeah. as well, just a different kind. Like, yeah. the, like and I, I hate labels in general with anything. So, I'm, I mean, if if you're on YouTube and you do like you know. 
if you put effort, you're a one man gang. You're a one man gang who puts in effort into these YouTube videos as as a brand of some kind. I consider yeah. you a YouTuber. I don't consider that a, 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 a pejorative or anything. I just, yeah, you know, I watch him. I watch those guys on YouTube, and that's what it is. There and you go. Some of those guys do really good stuff. <clears throat> Justin Horman. Have you ever been contacted by a publisher over a game review or other piece of content you produced? Yes. yes. Like many, many times. I can't even tell you how many times I've been contacted by PR people. Usually it's the PR people, um, but there have been instances where people at studios have come after me. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to name names. I don't really want to drag in anyone through the dirt, but I will give a hint. We had one... Sony first party studio accost me and we ha- I had a Sony first party studio accost me in a hotel one time and it wasn't just one of them it was like four of them over something I said on invisible walls and it was a studio that I had a lot of respect and love for and was caught completely off guard and uh, yeah they watched the show real close mm. and they were very unhappy about something that I said about one of their... And it was a, a statement I had made about one of their franchises, not a specific game. And uh, I had basically said that the franchise was stagnating and done. Mm. And they were not... They did not appreciate did not that agree, at apparently. all. They definitely did not agree. But, I mean, PR people calling us and complaining about reviews and mm. that stuff all the time. I remember one that particularly stands out uh, back in the old days... When someone someone offered to refund the money we spent on the reviewer to keep the review <laughs> off the air. Well, the one thing that what happened with that case was I was just trying to get rid of them. Right. So I just used a really lame excuse of, well, look, we already paid for this. We're running it. And then they, they kind of <laughs> called my bluff. And, and they're like, like, how much? How much? <laughs> <laughs> Because I just remember you hung up, hung that up, and you stood up oh, and like le- like prairie dogged over to my cube, like, dude, you will not believe the phone call I just had, and like yeah. that was like people that's talk about bad. like getting paid off or like oh yeah. the publisher bribe, like this, that's the only time in seventeen years yeah. I can recall something like that, that actually happening, and it was for a nothing. Like, you, I guarantee you, if we said what game it was, you wouldn't remember it. You wouldn't. There's no it way. It was just completely insignificant. It was terrible, yeah. and uh, they knew it was terrible. But that stuff happened, has happened so many times, and it's not nothing like that. But just no. like PR people calling and be like, "Oh, you weren't, like questions, you like, weren't fair," yeah. or "What was your guy thinking when he wrote this?" And the crazy part is that every time I've ever had those conversations, I explain it to them. And they're like, "Okay, like, yeah, okay, yeah." And a lot Ses- of times, Sessler and I have been cornered a couple of times at GDC yeah. by drunken developers who decide to finally go over and complain that about that. Happens some at bars sometimes, but yeah. it's it's never turned bad. It's always yeah. just turned in actually. I think the two times I'm thinking of both turned into really good conversations. <laughs> like What has happened a ton of times to me is they call me, and they're really hard asses on the phone, and they're like, blah, 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 And I'm like, yeah, and we have the usual conversation. Well, you know, sorry, but mm-hmm. we're not changing. This is what we did. This is why we do it, blah, blah, blah. And then you get the call after that from their cell phone. Mm. Yo, Shane. Man, I, I, my boss was standing right over my shoulder, and like I had to call you and act like I was really angry. But dude, I totally get what you're talking about. Mm. Like it's hilarious it's the stuff that happens. Or sometimes they'll send you the email that's real aggressive and angry, 
And they're like, guy, you disagree, this is yeah. wrong, and your guy got this wrong. He's got to be on record. And then they call and say, bro, just completely ignore that email. Mm. You can just reply back and say, okay, I get it, whatever. Yeah. Like, I, I that, was did, for, that was for the people CC'd. I did not yeah. want, yeah, there are people BCC'd mm. on this. You can't even see it. They just needed to see that I was on it, and I was, like, emailing you about it. Sorry, bro. And it's like, okay, all good. Yeah. <laughs> Stuff like that happens all the time. But, mm-hmm. uh yeah, I mean, that's the nature of the business. These are big bets for these companies. It's like, you know, you spend $50 million on a game and someone rails it. Like, someone's head's going to roll if it wasn't good. So yeah. it tends to roll downhill a little bit here and there. There have been a few. I mean, I think rarely the the real big blow-ups on that, I think I don't think any of us were surprised when it happened. There, yeah. there have been a couple people that you know are just not going to react well. Yeah, I mean, there, traditionally there have been PR people that are more likely to do something like that. And mm-hmm. you know that. And that's just the way it is, and you deal with it, and you move on. Yeah, I was just—I was telling you before we went on. Like, I found—I've uh, uh, been collecting all those old game magazines from the early '90s, and I found uh, uh, it was an, an, a letter letter to the editor in VG and CE, August ni- 1991. And I guess two months before, uh, Bill Kunkel, who's one of the old school game I mean, people who invented game review for yeah. te- in te- I mean, this guy was—you know—this is one of the originals. Who's unfortunately not with us anymore, but um, he uh, he wrote a review of Wayne Gretzky Hockey Two, and two months later in the August issue, there's this long letter in the letter section from the president of Bethesda because Bethesda made that game. That Who was back when Bethesda back made sports when, games. Made sports games. <laughs> and like basically, it's a long thing about how basically like uh, we don't agree with any of the review, and we're pretty sure the guy who wrote it doesn't know anything about hockey. And Bill Kunkel basically responds after that. I mean, just the nuance of hockey knowledge he drops in his response <laughs> is crazy. And he's just like, and by the way, if you're so... Because con- one of the big complaints was that it's just a top-down thing with little ant-like players yeah. skating around. He's like, if you're so confident your top-down view is the way to like show hockey, how come the back of your box is just nothing but cinema, cinema shots? <laughs> and it was just like, damn! Like, it was like, it was, it's the earliest example I could, I've found, I think, of like a developer... Reviewer sort of showdown right in, 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 in the press. Yeah, in the media usually like doesn't it. happen that way. Because yeah, because like usually, yeah, before Emails, the internet, calls. you didn't see that kind of or thing. or phone calls. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't go up. Alive. But this was this was just right out there. Uh, from Wolf Fox, Ten JC, Matt, did you get Gundam Versus? Uh, it should be delivered today. I think. Uh, I, I ordered it from Amazon, and it should be here today. Zenark eighty eight, Zenark eighty eight, I guess. Have you played any Divinity 2 yet? No. Me either. Uh, I really want to. I'm not a huge fan of isometric action RPGs, but, dude, the reviews for reviews that These are through game. the roof. Like, I was going to... I liked the, the, the first one. Yeah. I liked Original Sin. Um, and I was basically going to, like, get around to this one, but it sounds like this is a must-play. I mean, score-wise, it's, like, goatee right now. Yeah. Like, I don't know any other game that has an aggregate score that high. It's crazy. Uh, not one I would have drafted, but wow. Never would have guessed it was going to be that good. Um, Should have picked that instead of uh, what's it called? Tides of Numenero. Yeah. Looney on the Loose. I love that name. Would <laughs> you prefer to have the N64 classic or some type of Game Boy classic with a nice screen and tons of games built in? Heck, what about a GBA classic? I would take a GBA classic in a heartbeat. Oh, yeah. No, the GBA had Over a pretty much anything. Lineup. Yeah. Yeah. 
Even over SNES? I don't know. Well, here's the thing. The GBA's, the GBA's library reminded me so much of the Super Nintendo yeah. that yeah, that's right. one of the reasons I like the, right. the Game Boy Advance so much. But, um, I mean, you really start thinking about the, the GBA, man. It really had a kick yeah, it did. lineup. Man. I mean, just the Castlevania stuff and the Metroid stuff alone. I mean, I know yeah. that's my... But the Metroidvania is kind of my preferred wheelhouse for 2D yeah. stuff, but like... Yeah, that that system was was phenomenal. N sixty four classic, no. Game Boy classic, no. But the one you tossed in at the end is an extra GBA classic. Yeah, yeah I think I, I would. I had also I would I would kind of be down for a GameCube classic. I know that's probably never going to happen because it'll be virtual consoleized yeah. uh, on the on the Switch or yeah. whatever, whatever going forward. But a, a tiny little cube that had like a bunch of like the best GameCube games on it with a decent digital output and a reason to sell that freaking component again <laughs> like bring the price of that down for people yeah. like that would be I'd, I'd be down for GameCube classic it'll never happen but uh, here's one from Drunken Elvis what is your what are your plans for staying awake for 24 hours have you put in what have you got in the way of supplies etc to aid you on your marathon uh, so my plan is to go to bed as early as possible tonight and I did not sleep very much last night so that I would be exhausted today so that I could go to sleep earlier tonight. So I literally slept like four hours last night hmm. um, in hopes that like I'll go to bed at like 9 or 10 o'clock tonight. That's probably not going to happen. I haven't gone to bed that early since I was like 10 years old. Um, so I'm going to try to go to bed early, as early as possible. Um, and that's pretty much it. Like I've got a, I'm going to the store tonight to get a bunch of food. I think my wife is going to swing by and bring me like lunch and dinner. I'm going to buy a bunch of Red Bull, some soda, some water, and that's it, man. Just come in here with all the games and the consoles and just go at it. So that's about as, as elaborate as my plan gets. Lots of caffeine, pretty much. Uh, let's see, we'll answer a couple more. Erebus Jones, given the almost universal high scores for Divinity 2, do you think uh, format of a game has an impact on its Game of the Year perceptions? We're launching on PC before console. Same as XCOM 2 hurt it. Um, I don't know if it hurt it so much as like it it changes kind of how you learn about it. I think uh, it's the genre more than anything else. Yeah. I think people look at that genre and they're like, oh my god, like that's like a 90 hour game and it's uh, it's not the most accessible mm-hmm. genre to get into, and I think my other question is like how well not it's as many play people without, play a, without a mouse. Yeah, that's the other know? that's the other question. Too. I mean, they they did Divinity, the first Divinity pretty well on consoles, but I don't yeah. feel like it played quite right. If but you I, if you look at like the editorial staff at most publications, all of them or ninety percent of them are going to play Super Mario Odyssey. Right, ninety percent of them are going to play The Legend of Zelda: Breath of the Wild. Maybe fifty percent will play Divinity, if that. Yeah, I think. I mean, and that's I, the that's the problem that's going to come up against. I think that's also part of the thing is like no one was ready for it, you know. Like yeah. I think, I I do think you run into a situation where a lot of like especially at the high end sites, like people like budgeting their gaming time to get everything they need to get in in. Um, and since no one, I, I, maybe you're running into kind of a triple A bias situation there, where like if you weren't ready for this game to be a thing you had to you had to play and experience, maybe you might not find the time for it, and that might yeah. end ended up giving it kind of the short end of the stick when it comes down to the game of the year decisions. But hopefully, usually these games that are kind of niche niche genius stuff, I you know, people will advocate for them on teams, and they will say like, you have to play this. You you're, you know your your decision is not valid without having played this it's one of the best things of the year and i think everybody will at least attempt to do their due diligence on it 
So I wouldn't expect to see it completely ignored. But yep. the but the XCOM two point is well taken. Oh no, I see it being nominated. Yeah, winning. <laughs> it that's will a different be one story. of those five games that get nominated, and then most of the people who are actually voting on it will not have played it. And then you'll have mm-hmm. the entire editorial staff saying, "I love Mario. I love Zelda. Yeah. Zelda and, and Mario." You'll have, yeah, you'll have four or five guys that'll be like, "Oh no, you're wrong." This game is better, and this is why. But there just won't be enough people in the room to get the game up over the top. So mm-hmm. it could surprise. I mean, I've been surprised before by Game of the Year awards. Like back when I worked at GameSpot, like there was a heavy PC contingent there. So look, there are some places where it could, like RPS, Rock Paper Shotgun, totally could win. Mm-hmm. PC Gamer could totally win. I just think if you're talking about like IGN, GameSpot, Polygon, stuff like that, probably doesn't have much of a chance. But you never know. Uh, let's see, one more question. Um, I don't know if I understand this one. Green Lion, Voltron, Pilot. Matt, did you see F-Champs win at SCR Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite? I did. Uh, Filipino champ. He won, uh, he won the SoCal Regional Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite, uh, finals. It was a good win. Um... It's interesting watching watching that tournament. Like you get, you get to really see a how important the Infinity Stones are to the meta of the game. B, despite like the the emphasis that the marketing put on kind of the auto combo and the auto super stuff, that game is hard. Like like getting like in there and the real combos, the real damage, the real way you juggle someone, which, you know, the way the, the tag-in is kind of an automatic juggle is the reason you don't need the assists anymore. Um, I think that's one of the highest execution d- difficulty levels of, a, of a current, any current fighting game. Wow. Um, if you want to play at, a, at, like, a pro level, like, those guys are doing stuff that I would, would never even have occurred to me to try. And watching these matches play out at SoCal Regionals was fascinating. Like, it was a fascinating game to watch on a tournament scene. And um, I haven't been that interested in a, in a tournament in a long time, and I have been keeping up with like you know the, trying to keep up with like the future Wednesday night fight stuff, and uh, which is the SoCal kind of weekly you know pro gathering tournament uh, that run by Alex Valle, and um, which I highly recommend watching the Wednesday night fight stuff on uh, Level Up Live is is that's a quality tournament. There's some really good players down here, and they gather almost every week to to just get together and play these. You know, low stakes tournaments, but you see people play and discover new things. Uh, and Do I think, they bet on the side. Always, yeah. it's always, <laughs> always figured, yeah. where the where the real That's money is figured. made. Yeah, exactly. And, um, uh, but I think Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite is, and maybe this is just because it's different from three, and we've been watching three so long. But I thought it was really fascinating to watch in a tournament scene, way more than Street Fighter Five. And Street Fighter Five is doing pretty well. Street Fighter Five's yeah. tourney you know, pro scene is legit right now. But Marvel vs. Capcom, watching it, watching it evolve even over the course of the weekend was right. fascinating. Yeah, yeah. For sure, it's new. Something fresh. Yeah. They tweak the formula. Yeah. And not, it's not always that way with new games. Sometimes it's like, oh, you figure this out. Figure that. With Marvel, you're kind of look, you can kind of start to see down the road and be like, oh, like, people are going to figure out some crazy stuff with this in the future. And I don't know if it's going to keep people like me who play it more casually playing it like, too long, but I know I'll watch this game for a long time as long as Capcom keeps paying to put it in the tournaments. And it will for a while, yeah. for sure. And now a word from our sponsor. You know what? Your games, they deserve more. There are so many stores and sites that will charge you 10, 
maybe 15% or more for the privilege of selling a used game. We charge zero. Extraturns.com is a brand new marketplace being built from the ground up so you can sell your games, collectibles, electronics, and memorabilia. Not only will we beat our competitors' commission, Sam, in every category important to you, but we will also make exchanging your used games commission-free. You get 100% of the value of your collection. Sign up for the pre-launch and share us on social media to be entered to win an SNES Classic this holiday season. That's ExtraTurns.com. ExtraTurns.com. And you could win this. Hmm. But not this one. They have another one. Presumably. Presumably. <laughs> Allegedly. Big thanks to ExtraTurns.com. Um, someone was saying that the site was down a little bit last week. Um, but I'm assuming it's back up. So as one of our, as our only and our first sponsor, we'd really appreciate if anybody watching this would go and sign up. Obviously, it shows that uh, sponsoring Game Face gets some kind of uh, reaction and some pin action for our sponsors. We'd really appreciate it. Um, wow, it's kind of crazy to think of maybe signing off for Game Face for the last time here. Yeah, at least in this form. Yeah. Uh, man, I don't even know what to say. I didn't prepare for this at all because I don't want to believe it. So... <laughs> uh, like I said at the top of the show, some of you guys may have missed it. Um, I anticipated a lot more people leaving our on-site subscription service for Patreon, and hardly anybody has. Um, there's going to be a big sort of day of reckoning on the first when we really see how many people are going to leave the on-site subscription service and go over to Patreon, and ultimately how many of our Patreon pledges actually stick around uh, until the day that their cards or their PayPal accounts are charged. Because um, if you watch our number, like, it'll go down. Some people will be like, oh, I'm not going to commit. Mm. And then it'll go back up, and then it'll go down a dollar, and then it'll go up $100. Like, it's just all over the place. And until that first day of October, we won't really know. So with all this in mind, um, there may be a chance that we can lower the threshold that we need to stay in business. If that many people end up staying on our old subscription service. It's very possible that we could still survive uh, if we just hit our $6,000 goal instead of $8,000. So um, tomorrow is a big day. I am doing a live stream all day tomorrow and probably all night uh, trying to drive our Patreon up to at least $6,000. So uh, once the stream goes live, it's probably gonna go live around 9 a.m. Pacific, around noon Eastern, and then going until I die or something hmm. else happens or until people stop watching or our Patreon stops going up. So uh, tomorrow, uh, make sure you get out to your social media, Twitter, Facebook, share, share, share. Try to get the word out there uh, so that we can try to hit our goal here. But uh, if this is the last game phase, I just want to thank Matt very much. Mm -hmm. You've been amazing. You've been a great co-host. Sam, you've been awesome, brother. <laughs> I should have at some point turned the camera on Sam when I had it off the sticks. I don't think people have ever seen Sam. Actually, Sam, why don't you roll over here? I'm going to be like Wilson from Home Improvement. Come on, roll over here so people can see you for the first time. And they've never seen Sam. I don't think they have. I don't think he's ever been on camera. I should have shaved. You never shave. This is you. Yeah. This be, is Sam. Be Sam. That's the man. Best TriCaster TD we ever had. And hopefully he will continue to be our TriCaster TD. But just want to thank both you guys for uh, being a part of this. Hopefully this isn't the last time, but if it is... 
Uh, I want to thank everybody on Sifted. It's been an amazing ride. You guys have supported this show. You've been our ride or die. Uh, you've been amazing. Um, but unfortunately, it just, it's just got to this point where I just can't keep going like this. For a number of reasons, I just can't keep doing it. So um, I hope this isn't it. Um, I don't know. I mean, the crazy part, too, is I start to think, and I'm like, well, could this be the last time I'm ever doing something like this, period? I mean, this could be the last time I ever talk about games like this, ever. There just aren't jobs out there. So this might be, like, my last ever, like, gaming podcast, other than just yeah. doing something, like, fun with friends or whatever, but, yeah. Yeah, but even if we do it fun with friends, we can still charge on a Patreon. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> but, yeah, this could be, like, my last week as, like, a games journalist. It's really hard to even comprehend. I've been doing it. It's all I know. It's all I've done since I graduated from college. So yeah, we'll one, see. One 24-hour stretch left. That's it. Before that decision is made. That's right. So we'll see. Uh, need all your support, guys. Every little bit is going to help. And uh, I mean, you know, I put so much into this that if there's any conceivable way that I can keep this thing going based upon how much money we have coming in, I will do it. So uh, from the very bottom of my heart, thank you guys for all your support through the last several years uh, of this. It's been crazy. All the stuff that's happened in my personal life and with the, this place getting cleaned out and everything else. It's just been its hard to believe everything that's happened in the amount of time that it has. So thanks, you guys. Um, thank you for all your support. I'll never forget it. Not just through Sifted, but GT. And some of you guys have been around since the GameSpot and G4 mm -hmm. days and all that. You guys are just awesome. So thank you very much. And I appreciate the acceptance from the audience uh, moving in from uh, to replace Marcus because yeah. I am I am clearly not what was promised <laughs> in, the, in the original uh, yeah. the original advertisement. But yeah. uh, I always felt like people were welcoming about it, and it was a good it was a good time. You're a great host. I mean, you. if you weren't good, they would have hated you. So. Well, I don't sound very Welsh. Is the problem? <laughs> no, least, that's that's my problem with me. Yeah. I don't I don't sound Welsh. You've done great. Matt's been great. Everything's been awesome. Uh, we just need more money. So hopefully we get it, folks. Once again, thank you for everything. Hopefully not for the last time. Game Face is up and out.